0: Submitted for your consideration Man has always challenged nature Thinking that they contain the elements But what happens When nature changes the rules And fights back This is a Nature vs. Man 2 For one literary licensed Podcast episode Exploring science fiction and horror And weighing the outcomes Of a dying planet With your co-hosts Keith Chalco John Wilson Vicki Ray Jesse Fultz, man will forever be changed.
1: Hello, hello. welcome to the GeoLections podcast and in our Nature versus Man episode. And today we're covering Night of the Living Dead from 1968 and Return of the Living Dead from 1985. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. First, we have Matthew Brockmeyer. Hello, Matthew.
2: Hello, hello, hello. They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: <laughs> Name Sorry. <laughs> we got chanta with us hello chanta
3: hello wow, this is not a costume this is a way of life <laughs>
1: <laughs> and joe run dazzles with us again hello joe hello everyone and our regular co-host john wilson hello john hello folks and vicky ray
4: hi everybody
1: and myself, Keishago. and before we get started, let's find out what everyone's been up to, starting with Shanta. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you?
3: More of the same, I'm the one half of the dynamic horror hosting duo, Hex and Arcane. If you're interested, we are www.hexandarcane.com, so busy watching horror movies, hosting horror, watching more horror, reading horror, and trying to get some events in, a little haunted stuff here and there.
1: Excellent. And um, you're also located on Amazon Prime in the UK for all our UK listeners, because I've been watching you on that.
3: We are. Yes, we're on Amazon Prime. You can find all the info on our website of everywhere. You can watch us from Kenosha, Chicago, YouTube, Amazon Prime, and a couple of Roku channels, including Suburban Screams.
1: Cool. And we'll, carry, we'll have all that in our show notes. So our listeners can follow you there. There you go. What about yourself, Matthew Brockmeyer? What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? I think the last time we spoke to you was Helter Skelter. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long while. Let's see. I got two books of short stories came out, uh, Under Rotting Sky, and then more recently, Nest of Salt. Um, Under Rotting Sky won a little award, and uh, both both of those books had short stories um, picked for Year's Best Hardcore Horror which was pretty cool, awesome. and, um, and I finally got my farm, my marijuana farm legal, yeah. so this is gonna be the i I'll first...
4: definitely be up to visit you.
2: All right, <laughs> go on up. So this is gonna be our first legal harvest this year, and we've been working really hard on that, and that's where I've been, but uh, there's no internet out there right now, so. But, I mean, uh, well, so I've been following you.
4: Grid. You guys are doing really well up there. It looks like you're having a good time, you and the kiddos and everybody.
1: We're definitely having course. a blast. Do you think they'll ever do like a marijuana farm where they do like wine tasting? <laughs> <laughs> you got it.
2: To do all that, you have to like pave the road and like get it handicapped access. You know, they just—it's so much to get tourists to come out there. I don't, I don't think you guys are all welcome, but I don't think it'll be open to tourists. Uh, I would love you. It's it's out there. It's out there. Way down a dirt road.
3: And
1: what about yourself, Joe? What are you end up to? Uh, well, it,
5: it's it's funny that uh, I, I was on a podcast ten years ago called "They're Coming to Get You" podcast, and uh, mm. my partner on that uh recently started a new podcast series and asked me to jump on with them. So we just recorded our first episode a couple of days ago. It's on uh one of a, a topic I'm passionate about the importance of uh, physical media and um we uh yeah i don't know when it's gonna post yet he's going he's going to be doing some editing on it because we went off tangent a lot and then it ended up being like two and a half hours So he's gonna trim it down to like about an hour and um so i'm back doing that and i uh, gonna be watching a lot of movies i just got that, that the jodorowsky movies that just got remastered in 4k so can't wait to finally check out fondo and lease and see why it caused riots when it opened
1: and what about yourself john what have you been up to oh
6: you know still on the the house for the, uh, hunt, for the house, uh, hunt for the house for the hunt uh still on the house hunt uh you know looking to buy and still been trying to focus on that venturing out to jersey and then when i have time i've been trying to you know watch some shows watch some television if i, I finished um the creep show series which my friend kept going you got to come back to you got to come back to and I, I think i watched like the first episode i was like okay so then i went on shutter and watched the creep show series it was fun um how
4: many were there because i'm only up to the third one not that many i think there's
6: only the first season six or seven episodes and then the second season is i think they're rolling in one by one so i think there's only three episodes for the second season
4: right now so that's the last one with the girl Gets killed by the ashtray, or she. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, that was so good. Oh god! (laughs) I was like, oh damn, that was great. That was well. That's my friend had showed me one, and I was
6: like, okay, I'm gonna go back to this. It was the one with the gin, and and he's funny because he goes, "You're gonna be you're you're too good at guessing things," and I was like, "Oh, I bet you it's this," and he's like, "Shut up," (laughs) because I already guessed, already guessed like that one, like the gin, and then there was I forgot the other part of that. Because it's two stories in one, so and
4: she's wheeling her around in that chair, trying to get her, <laughs> <really> <laughs> which I was better. like, "What were you gonna do with that body?" I mean, I I'm know, curious. How are you gonna get there. it down
6: the lobby into the parking? Like, I was like, "I'm it's really." It's to become a shit go.
5: show. There's just yeah. no
4: out of this one. Yeah, but
5: uh, yeah. So far, I've only seen up to the second episode of this season. Um, that that was the one with um Keith David and uh, Ashley Lawrence. Oh, and okay. that, was, that was kind of fun. Um. I love the first episode of this season, uh, the, the the Kevin Dillon episode where he's like the abusive stepfather to to the monster kid, and then yeah. the oh, second yeah. half, which ties into the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking fantastic. So I can't wait to watch. I'm probably gonna watch the third one today. Actually, I, I forgot it came out probably yesterday. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I have only seen the first season, so try not Ooh. to get spoilers. Oh, la, yeah. la 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 la.
1: Yeah. You have to watch the first that first.
5: You have to watch the first episode of the season with uh, with Atticus. He's going to love it. And what about yourself, Vix? What are you
1: even up to?
4: Not a whole lot. Um, just waiting, biding my time to go home and see mom and dad. Now that everybody's all, you know, safe like in in New York. Um, just doing that race thing with Asher because it's April. It's always bad during the month of April. But I watched a couple of those movies. I don't know. Night of the Lepus. I told Joe about that one. I can't get my life back, but it was freaking hysterical I mean it was about killer bunnies with big teeth you know big sharp pointy right <laughs> you know, like, run away, run away that's the only thing I'm going through my head when I was watching it but I mean they take all these bunnies and and, the, and the, the end of this movie I don't even care if it's a spoiler alert all these rabbits are getting killed and electrocuted in front of all these kids at the drive-in <laughs> and it's just like it was such a Keith movie he needs to watch it Spoiler but it was, alert for a
5: movie that's been around was for funny 50 years. As hell,
4: though. I was like, I was, like, was not high enough to watch it. But um, <laughs> there, was, there was the Midnight Meat Train because you guys were making fun of it. So I had to watch that just because Bradley Cooper would not be in a bad movie, right?
6: No, <laughs> no never.
4: <laughs> but it was, I actually loved it until the end. I didn't like the ending. Return, return but, then I started watching them. I think it's on Netflix or is it on.
1: What, the French filmed them, or the TV series? Uh,
4: no, it's no, it's a uh, it's a series. Oh, I think okay. it starts out with a, a black family, and they move into this house. and
6: Oh, it's on! I think it's on Amazon. It looks yeah, really yeah. good. It's like takes place in the fifties, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, that's all I'm going to say about that because I haven't finished watching it all, but it looked pretty promising. Because I tried to get into that one. Keep me. You, you suggested what was it? Oh God, it's like with Sherlock Holmes.
1: Oh, the irreplaceables or whatever.
4: So uh, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the irregulars. The irregulars. irregulars. <laughs> the irregulars. <laughs> they are replaceable right now. <laughs> yeah, they are replaceable. I tried. I really tried. Yeah, I tried
1: as well. I think. I think it's one of those shows that they're trying to push a woke thing through with it, and it's kind of ruining the series sort of thing a bit. So.
3: Was that based on the Baker Street Irregulars? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, cool.
1: And. Um, I mean, it could have been quite good, but they're they are they're, they're trying to push this this message through, which is kind of taking away from the stories. You know, where it's like, I think I think it's it's important to have messages and things, but I don't. But I think you need to go the Twilight Zone way of doing it without yeah. pointing a finger in people's faces. Yeah, like, that, you know.
3: so heavy handed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's a bit heavy handed, a bit like a John Peel TV show, yeah. but uh, Jordan Peel TV show. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> um, Well, myself, I watched a fantastic movie on Amazon Prime that's up for some awards with Rosamund Pike called um, I Care For You. It's supposed to be a dark comedy, but it really makes you kind of angry because it's about a woman who basically takes finds old people, becomes a guardian, rapes them of all their money and puts them into a home and makes a lot of money off it. But it's a really good, has Diane Weiss in it. Um, She's excellent. And Peter Dinklage as well. Orlando. I saw Is it, there a series it similar to
6: that on Netflix. I thought there's one that's something.
1: Yeah, it's on Netflix in the US and Amazon oh, okay. Prime here in the UK. Maybe
6: that's yes, it. Yeah. I, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, oh my God, this looks really twisted. Maybe we're well, sure the
1: conservatorship's happened. a hot
2: topic right now with Britney Spears. You know, it, it's a really timely show. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so, I feel like that's happened in real life a lot anyway
7: well
1: there's a there's a lot of ways to exploit exploit that kind of situation so you know but it's 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 kind of funny because I don't see I didn't see the dark humor it's a fantastic I love the movie it was fantastic I was glued to it all the way through right. and Diana Vice is one of her best performances and of course Peter Dinklage is always good and Rosmond yeah. Pike no one plays after Gone Girl no one plays a bitch like her does do they yeah. I mean she's she's a great actress there but um but yeah it's kind of weird it's like from everyone that I talk to has seen it, they get there's it makes them really, really you're watching it and you're getting really, really angry and very, very perturbed by it. But it's very, very good. So I highly recommend that. And due to COVID, I'm able to watch all the Oscar movies they're nominated because of Netflix and Amazon. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, um uh, um our lockdown's lifted now. Things are Yay. going back and going, all shielding people are out in the out, out and about now. So yeah. Maybe we'll make going it over in to...
4: Christmas time after all. I'm sick of can they keep canceling our tickets. So well, we I'm fully now- vaccinated. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're 80% vaccinated in this country. We got 20% more of the population than everyone in this country has been vaccinated. I didn't want to get vaccinated,
4: but I figured my life is half over anyway, so who gives a (laughs) shit? I get my second shot on Thursday, so I'm almost fully vaxxed.
3: Nice. Nice. Nice.
1: Well, I had one patient basically um, crying that she didn't want to get vaccinated because she was going to get nanotechnology put into her and it's going to kill her. I got
4: my chip and I'm all fine. Yeah. And, I said to her,
1: <laughs> and all I said to my patient, "Go listen, babe. I go. We basically have a computer system that doesn't even work in the NHS. And second of all, only the good die young. She'll be here forever, so don't worry. Just get the vaccination." <laughs>
4: <laughs> I know. I got Alexa. You already have your, you know, everything. They listen to everything. So I was going to say, Any, you, you have that. a cell
6: phone. Your cell phone's tracking everything cell you do phone. anyway. It's, so.
4: who can't, it's like, who yeah. gives a shit? They know everything about us anyway. It's like, yeah. who cares? I don't care.
5: There was one day that Shanta came over a couple of years ago. We were hanging out. We got around to talking about Elvira. And for the next, like, three weeks, everything that I would see on social media was to me So don't don't complain <laughs> to me about a chip being put in you because yeah. whatever you're volunteering everything anyway already. Yeah. Oh, those <laughs>
4: algorithms, everything. I mean, that's like at a VPN and it still happens. It's I
6: feel like happen. they're just—they're just, they're just going to build you. You know, you give them your eyes, your fingerprints, your voice. It's pretty much they'll
5: rebuild you, some way, shape, or form. We don't need <laughs> they... you anymore. Thanks. Yeah. I got a notification the other day that my friend Jeremy posted a picture on Facebook that I might be in, asking oh, yeah. if I want to tag myself. Facial like, oh. algorithm. Yeah. No, like, dude. No, right, that's, a, well,
6: that's
2: a that's that's a scam, dude. Is be it? Be careful. Yes, yeah, yeah. you get those and then it says put in your Facebook. Uh, yeah. password to see it, and then they get your password, and then
6: uh, they I, do I it to all these other one, people. Yeah, this wasn't
5: one of those. This was a yeah. notification on the app itself. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like an email or a message or anything like that. So that,
6: that, that was at least a true, and yeah.
5: Yeah, that, that was actually a, that was actually correct, because I was not the picture. But yeah, I, I'm really careful about that. Like, if anybody sends me a link, and it seems like out of the ordinary, I yeah. ask them immediately, or I'll text them somewhere else. If, uh, Let's March. say I get a new friend request from Vicky or Keith or something today, and I, I'm kind of suspicious about it. I'll ask him, "So how did we meet?"
6: Yeah,
2: right.
5: I just don't. What's
6: even your favorite click movie? On I don't. I don't click on anything anymore. Like my friends will send me stuff, and I'm like, "I love you guys. I'm not clicking on this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's not worth my. It's not worth my. You know,
4: those I chain letters. Them. Those chain letters. You know, it's just like you no know, wonder God hates me because I never forward them. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, they hey, go with
2: your ego. I always get them and they say, you're on YouTube. They're talking about you on YouTube. And it's yes, been watched 500,000
4: times. You know, I am two like, of oh. these today saying that this yeah. looks like you. And it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Y'all got hacked again. <laughs> you know?
5: <laughs> falling for it. Yeah. Oh,
4: my God. How do you keep falling for it? I had one guy
5: that, that I used to work with that I had to block because he would keep sending me the click here to get a free
6: <laughs>
5: iPad. And I'm like, dude, did you get oh, hacked? God. And then he'll keep doing it again. I'm like, dude, how many times can you fall for it?
6: <laughs> well, my friend was complaining about a text that he kept getting. And he, what does he do? He copies it and sends it to a group of us. And so immediately <laughs> afterward, I get a text from this. And I was like, I'm going to kill you right now. And he goes, why? Because like, you just copied it and sent it to me. And now I'm getting it. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I asked my fake relative if we were celebrating Christmas at their house this year and they're like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, you're Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no. (laughs) They're like, oh, it's just a small celebration. I'm like, yeah, sure. uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're and then there. they'll ask you like, um, my family's starving. Can you send me money right afterwards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they
5: ask if money. I send
6: you $20,000, could you, you know, keep 50,000 for me? Yeah. Uh, no. That'll I get, get, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get <laughs> high
1: and I write high. They go, I love you. And I said, oh, good. here we go. And they go, and they go can, I, can you help me? And it's like, I'm not sending you money. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not sending you money. I'm sorry.
6: Can <laughs> I,
5: I send you money? All you got to do is give me your bank account information.
6: The, the one that always makes me laugh is the car warranty. I'm like, how, who exactly are you trying to reach? I mean, it's like every time the, call, the phone rings, it's like, you have to extend your car warranty. I'm like, can you get a new, like, chick? Like, it's always a car warranty, you know? They're getting crap. I don't
4: answer you my text text phone you?
6: anymore. Yeah,
5: It's that or, or it's the IRS is coming after you?
2: Okay. Yeah, we get them here with the sheriff. The sheriff has a, this and that, and you got to pay this fine. Stuff bullshit.
1: Uh, we, get here, we get here. We point. get companies calling us, going, "Oh, we heard you were in an accident." And I said, "No, I wasn't an accident. Oh, oh, maybe next time." It's
6: like, what does that mean? Maybe. <laughs> sorry, too early. Miss <laughs> Cleo <laughs> was wrong. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that brings us to Night of the Living Dead. (laughs) Night of the Living Dead is a 1968 American independent horror film written, directed, photographed, and edited by George A. Romero, co-written by John Russo, and starring Dwayne Jones and Judith O'Dea. The story follows seven people who are trapped in a rural farmhouse in western Pennsylvania, which is under assault by an enlarging group of cannibalistic undead ghouls. (laughs) Um, it's basically r- based roughly on Romero's, one of his favorite films, which is Richard Matheson's 1954 novel, I Am Legend, which has been filmed three or four times. Um, and Night of the Living Dead um, came out in October 1st, 1968, and it eventually grossed domestically and $18 million internationally, earning more than 250 times its budget and making it one of the most profitable film productions ever made at the time. Released shortly prior to the adoption of the Motion Picture Association American Rating System, the film attracted widespread controversy and negative reviews upon its initial release for its explicit violence and gore, but it soon garnered a cult following. And Night of the Living Dead would actually be remade quite a few times due to Copyright lapses, which people—if you're out there and you're working on stuff, copyright your stuff because otherwise people are going to be stealing your stuff. Well, is
2: it actually of public life. domain
4: by accident? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: yeah, yeah. You public would domain. know.
3: Shanta yeah. would
2: know.
3: They forgot to put in the copyright yeah. notice in it, so it was public domain, which is how we showed it on Hex and Arcane, which is really yeah. an episode.
1: So what we're going to do is going to cut to the trailer of Night Living Dead, and
0: we're write- right. Welcome to a night of total
8: terror.
0: (coughs) Night of the living dead. The dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. (coughs) Night of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. night of the living dead
1: oh welcome back to the literary license podcast we're discussing night of the living dead from 1968 so starting with you joe what are your thoughts of night of the living dead
5: uh one of the greatest horror movies ever made um uh... I love this movie so much that um, a a 10 or 11 years ago when uh, Stephen Finley and I decided we were going to do a horror podcast uh, we called it uh, they're coming to get you podcast Um, obviously after the iconic uh, line of Johnny um, uh, teasing Barbara in the beginning Um, it's before like before this zombie movies were like I walked with a zombie uh, white zombie Uh, plague of the zombies they were all uh like voodoo zombies and like magic and stuff this kind of changed the way zombie movies are made and it's never like this is this has been it since uh since it came out so it's been super super influential uh spawned an even better sequel um i'm gonna let other people talk because i'm just gonna gush about this movie for two hours if if i'm left unchecked so (laughs) i
1: love that, that oh sorry But what about yourself, Shanta? What are your initial views?
3: Um, So I first saw it years ago and then it was one of those movies where the horror community just raves about it. Everybody loves it. I haven't met anybody who doesn't. So when I rewatched it again, I was like, I am going to very critically rewatch this and see if it's actually a good movie or if it's something that everyone just claims to love because they have to, because it's the iconic movie. And really? I love zombies. So I was like, I'm gonna really watch this. And it held up. And I was like, wow, yeah. this is a really great movie. So I am joining the throngs of people who adore this movie.
1: And what about yourself, Matthew Brockmeyer? What, what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts? Well, I always, I always thought Romero's
2: films were interesting because of the social commentary. And you know, like, it seems like it's a film about racial injustice, but I guess if you do a little research, they, it wasn't written that way. They just happened to get a black guy that was their friend to, to be in it, and it, you know because he's he's like a martyr. He's needlessly killed at the end, you know, and and those ending shots with the rednecks and the hooks and stuff. And but um, you know, but then, and I always think of Dawn of the Dead about social commentary about commercialism, you know, in the shopping mall, and and uh, Day of the Dead I think about is commentary about the military industrial complex. But sometimes then I, I wonder if any of that even was really meant to be. But I guess that's the nature of art. You see what you want to see.
5: I think in the latter movies it was. I think in this case, uh, the legend goes, uh, Dwayne Jones just happened to be the best actor mm. of the group that, that, that put it together. I think yeah. it just right. ended up being a happy accident.
3: Unintentional racial commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah
5: But I it mean, does
2: say a lot. This was like it's a it's powerful movie. film.
1: And I mean, it and also was the, the Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney kind of um, thing, where let, let's put all, let's put a show on in the barn kind of movie. I mean, that's, what, yeah. that's how it was put together. And it was so in also
2: 1968. The, what a year, man! You know, there was a lot going on.
6: Yeah, the well, evolution of that character was interesting because it was meant to be like kind of like a trucker, really not that smart. And he was like, "Nope, I'm not playing it that way." And I think what is very interesting like, about this film is that a lot of them were, a lot of the actors were giving room to improv. So most of it was improv. And now knowing that, if I never knew, I've seen this movie like at least six times. Yeah. Now knowing that, I now feel like I need to go back and be like, oh wow, that's really impressive to be. Here's the motivation, just do it. Like whatever you want to say, however you want to say it and get to that point, let's do it, you know? And.
3: Barbara too, she was supposed to be a lot stronger character. And they ended up liking that she played a more scared, helpless girl and it worked for the film, but she was written to be a lot more. Quite a difference
4: between that Barbara and return of the living dead, Barbara. But I saw it. uh, George Romero was doing an interview and he was talking about Dwayne, uh, the, the, the black actor and he, he was really upset with doing all the hostile violent scenes because he was a real gentle person apparently and he didn't really want to kill anybody but he finally you know got over it but it is what it is and watching him get shot in the end he finally makes it to the morning and all these yahoos shoot him and it's like oh yeah for the pile you know it's like
5: oh. <gasps> One one of the things I and I ah, fuck I should have I should have looked into it to, to see if it, to see if my memory here is right I think I remember seeing an interview with either Striner Russo Romero one of them where they said the day they stopped principal photography they were wrapping everything up and putting everything in the car they turned on the radio in the car and that's when they heard that Martin Luther King had been had been murdered. Oh wow! wow. Like it was like the, day, wow. the the last day of shooting or something. I'm gonna. Wow. To, I, I do have to look that up because I might. Man. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. Well, on the
6: Wikipedia, they said reporters had asked them if it had anything to do with the, his that's assassination, true. and they said no. We were already in. We were already in post production at that point, so we that was already done and filmed and in the can. So oh, it, was, a, it, might, no, it was It might no, but it might have coincided with that last that's day of yeah, production.
5: Yeah, it was. Uh, they they finished they finished the first cut. Yeah, I think the the day Martin Luther King was was uh, was assassinated, I think that's what they said as they finished the first cut.
2: Yeah, God, it's almost like outside yeah. forces were like pulling that, making that movie happen like that. It's, it's wild.
5: Yeah. yeah, but also I think you have
1: to kind of look at the time period between 1963 and 1970. I mean, there you, having things happening were quite a daily occurrence during that time. <laughs> it's like something yeah. Also, yeah. you know, between that and social rioting and assassinations and yeah. You know, cults killing people and you know so on and so forth and serial killers running rapid and women you know and then you had your women's the liberation going on saying time and you know there's a lot going on during that little you know seven year period there so
6: you know, wait a so bit I'm curious in the phrase they're coming to get you Barbara right. if that is in the Guinness Book of World Records for because I've heard that phrase and the funny thing was I rewatched this on Monday that following day I'm watching a gamer um and she's playing this game and out of nowhere I'm just doing something and I hear her go they're coming to get you I run I was like what the hell <laughs> like they, that's how much like I feel like so many people use that phrase I wonder if they even knew that was going to be the thing right because it's just so off the cuff a remark that I'm sure none of them thought was going to be worth anything right two cents I'm but sure. how funny how everyone does it. It's like hysterical.
4: Well, it was so done, usually done for something of that time, too. And they don't really show the violence with the violence. You know, when the little girl kills her mother, you yeah. see the, yeah. the the spade going, but you really don't actually see the the flesh and the, the metal connect. So he, he did leave a little bit for imagination.
2: Uh, speaking yeah, of little such girl... An iconic image today. She's so cool-looking, scary. Yeah.
4: yeah. Speaking, speaking of little girl, I was reading, too, about how uh,
6: Roger Ebert was talking about being in this this in the theater when watching it and how just the expectations of it not knowing how it impacts because this is free the rating system and how and how like he looks over and he sees this like nine-year-old girl just like frozen like watching this film (laughs) and he's like how this psychologically impacts a child's mind who you know at that time thinks things are kind of real but like the dead coming alive is like a new Dang. right so this poor kid is gonna be like
4: traumatized i always took my kids to horror movies i was the bad mother that did the r-rated movies i didn't care they're okay <laughs> they're yeah. i, think, I,
6: think
4: I they're tried middle.
2: to force my kid to watch it that, that that opening scene scared him so much he made me turn it
1: off i was like oh. yeah.
4: with the old zombie guy and chasing him through the original through the the
1: graveyard area. yeah
4: yeah. I think uh-huh. you that's also have to kind
1: like of look it. at the context of when this was released because at this time you gotta remember what horror films were up until nineteen sixty. That's price. Exactly. Yeah. And, right. and I mean, you know, the 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 probably the the ones that were actually getting the most criticisms as far as being the most lured were the hammer horror films, which yeah. weren't really that lured, it had a lot of bosoms on show and a lot yeah. of you know regular yeah. blood. You know, I- as, as yeah, the thing. But you know, and here you got this film coming out that's Breakley. Was cheap to show at multiplexes. Parents are dropping their kids off. And then,
4: don't forget the naked zombie that everybody yeah. said they had a hard yeah. time focusing well, but I mean- on their lines or their movement because they were looking at the naked zombie I mean, when they were trying what to What was a the
2: Roman film. guy doing there? I never got that one. There's a guy in the Roman toga and stuff.
6: <laughs> I, yeah. think that was like, I think that was meant to be a hospital, like someone coming out yeah. of a hospital morgue with the sheet yeah. wrapped around the it. Roman but
4: toe got I, I
6: laugh because, I mean, <laughs> the first scene, what makes it also very scary is that it's during the day when that happens. And so that's yeah. unusual, too. Most of the things that go bump in the night are the things that scare you, like that's the things that known. So in broad okay. daylight, something like that happening, you're like, whoa,
5: okay, did not What's, see that coming. That What's is- interesting is... Yeah. You just see him in the background and and you don't think anything of it. Well, yeah. the first time you see the movie, if you don't know anything about it, you see the guy in the background, you don't think anything of it. Johnny, Johnny's making a little joke about it because, hey, it's just a guy walking down the street and the danger is coming closer and closer and you don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's what, that's what made the entire thing interesting to me. It's funny because you mentioned- and She's like
2: embarrassed. She's like, like, you know, she's like, Oh, you're, you're embarrassing me at first, you know?
5: Yeah.
6: It reminds me of a movie that um, It Follows, which came out in 2014, where- Which one, John? It's called It Follows, and it is this insidious- It's a great film. film. It's it. such a great film, but that scene, I connected with this film because of that, you know, the man wearing the, the loin, whatever, the cloth, whatever, walking, or, you know, it's just this thing in the background that you're noticing is coming towards him, but they're just kind of having a conversation- Nothing's wrong, right, right. and you know something is just not quite right. <laughs> like, and they're kind of like stumbling along, and they're not like you know, it's like a, you know, it's so it's, it's funny. It just reminded me of that film. Oh, I
4: haven't mm-hmm. seen this one before. I
6: mean, it's fantastic. I it love it, so it. Looks good. It looks good.
2: It's like yeah. a motif on sexual diseases. Yeah, exactly. like They turn it into a horror <laughs> film.
6: Yeah. Yeah, You pass basically. it on
2: sexually, you pass on the curse. Everyone sexually. you slept
1: with, you're sleeping with everyone they slept with, you're sleeping with everyone they slept with, so on and so forth. So it's, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Kind of it's choice, great. So.
6: And, the, and the lead in it is amazing. She's just fantastic and she's, every kind of other movie she's done similar to this, she's just really good at playing those types of characters, like the final girl. Mm.
2: And a lot of daylight shots, like you're talking about, a lot of, a lot yeah. of it takes place during the day.
6: One of like,
2: free... like, like, Massacre? a lot of it's during the day. It's yeah. something about that bright light and like yeah, like the the fact that it's not spooky nighttime makes it I don't know more realistic it and garish you and... in
6: the daylight like it like catches you shooting. off guard. I mean, right. there's a scene that's in the, in that other movie that I was talking about that's in broad daylight on a beach, and it literally just catches you so off guard that you it just shakes you. You're like mm-hmm. oh my god, because you're expecting everything to happen at night, which it you know. In the in in this film, you know, it's clear that once it gets night, it gets worse, and they're now trying to fight this impending doom that's coming to them you know which again i think that's the first i've ever seen something like that where you're holding fort right and you're knowing something's coming you're waiting for it to come and get to you and get there and then how do you defend yourself and then there's the terror within the house because then at this point there is sort of a a family that doesn't give a crap about any of them it's like we just are going to bunker down you guys can do whatever the hell you want we're staying here and we're going to protect ourselves we're all you know and so it creates a sort of new level of world division right that starts to happen that is emulated throughout The Walking Dead and all these other series of it's not necessarily the zombies if that's the problem it's kind of what's happening inside the house that's the problem right right
2: yes like the biker gang in Dawn of the Dead
1: <clears throat> yeah but I think what you have to also remember is is that I think this film also looks at you know social commentary that basically when a group of people are being threatened. Do you fight for the greater good or do you fight for yourself? And that's pretty much what the zombie film emulates over and over and over again. And another thing that it does emulate as well, which does show when Johnny comes back, is that basically, what do you have to do when you actually face with something that's now coming, something that's family related or someone who's very close to you comes back and is trying to kill you? Now, Now you're killing something that's more personable to you now. Yeah. and so, yeah. so it does have that yeah and then and also it has it also gives a social commentary on mass um mentality when a mass group of people decide to go against you what do you do yeah. so it also comments on that as well
3: dehumanizing human like the human form so it has like it looks like a human in a lot of ways but you can sort of dehumanize and distance yourself from that
8: yeah,
6: especially the parents of right. the daughter, you know, that they, they probably knew something was going to happen to her. But you, what, we, what could you do but wait to see if something happens, right? You're not going to be like, put her down. You know, you're going to take her out for our outside, you know, shoot well, her. yeah. As
4: a parent, you're going to fight yeah. for your child, zombie yeah. or no. It's just like, you know, if anybody's going to plug somebody, it's going to be me, not you, you mm-hmm. know. But I mean, nobody wants, will... yeah, think about that, though. You, you, your mom and dad, all they think about is protecting their child. Yeah. You know, that's yep. all you think about, no matter what. Yeah. You know, even when they're evil, yeah. you know, it's just like you still love that child mm-hmm. for the most part. So, that what about was the sad Dawn of the, <laughs> Go
2: that. the, Dawn of the Dead is- remake with the baby being born scene. Oh, man. when he's like oh, got yeah. his wife down there. In
4: the- <laughs> oh, fuck. That was bad.
2: one of my favorite movies of all time. So insane.
4: Uh, he had <laughs> her all tied down and shit. And- yeah. You're kinda of hoping the baby was gonna be normal, but you kinda of knew. It's
5: like no. Nah. You knew it, but yeah. You know. But this is what I was talking about earlier, where this movie has gotten to like like it has it changed the way the zombie movie was made. And oh, yeah. a lot of these things became tropes mm-hmm. in like every other zombie movie we've seen. Uh the right. the child coming back as a zombie was brought back in uh uh, Dawn of the Dead, where, where the, the cop has to push the them off and machine gun them. Uh, machine gun them. Uh, Burial Ground, the Italian movie, where the, the midget playing the little boy <laughs> becomes a zombie. That one's a little more un- unintentionally comedic. And our then when dead, you have
1: Are Dead Alive by Peter Jackson.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead Alive yeah. <laughs> does it. And then you, the the, <laughs> the people stuck in like the one you know people kind of having to retreat into one location became like every single zombie movie ever made after this
8: um
5: it wasn't this before that um like yeah even the most recent zombie movie before this that i could think of was probably the hammer films plague of the zombies and it wasn't like it didn't create that like claustrophobic feeling like this does and like every zombie movie since has done um so it really just completely changes the way everything is done in, in the subgenre. And I think because of that, you know, you talk about people loving it, it, it showed how you can make a really solid movie that has, even if it's accidental, social commentary, and you can do it really cheaply in like one or two locations. And it's, it's brilliant for that.
3: And
2: gave- another trope that i think they nailed was is the nihilism that mm-hmm. the fact that you know everybody dies like the he, the lead character dies and like dawn of the dead everybody dies it's like a you know it's become a zombie trope or just, there's no you can't survive it, it you know i mean it's an yeah, unsurvivable situation <laughs> yeah
3: and we're all obsessed with zombies now and this movie kind of gave birth to the myth that we're all obsessed with because like Joe said yeah. earlier it was just voodoo zombies before yeah. and now it's like they're, they've created all different ways now but the essence of zombies has been the same since this movie yeah
6: mm-hmm. I, I also think it's like in this they you, it's hard because you don't have enough time to character build but you do wonder what the zombies are right the characters of the zombie and the more eccentric like the toga man like the more eccentric the character of a zombie you wonder what's the little history there and i think like one, i think it was one of the most brilliant things that the walking dead series did was a short series which was literally on the zombie in the first season that was a half zombie that was on a street that you might remember was crawling towards rick and then rick kills
3: bicycle zombie i met her
6: yeah so it was amazing because they did a whole like very small series like a very like i think it was like five to ten minutes per episode and there was like six episodes of how did she become that and it's heartbreaking when you watch it you just go oh my god and then you see the end. In- what was brilliant about it, you didn't know where it was going. You didn't know if she was a survivor or if she was going to be a zombie. Once you realize what she becomes, you're like, this is gut-wrenching. It's so sad because you remember that scene of him killing her. And they gave that zombie a whole story arc, which is
4: fantastic. I, I was think... still upset about the horse. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> I horse, yeah. The horse to get eaten. Well, that, that horse had no <laughs> yeah. hope. Two horses was... got eaten in that series.
5: Yeah. I haven't seen uh, walking dead since the first season, but I, I would occasionally see like just Greg Nicotero. I I just love him so much because of yeah. like all the times he, uh, like you'll see some of the zombies and they'll pay homage to like some older film. Yeah. And recently I had shown, uh, I'd shown my, uh, my roommate, the uh, the amicus tales from the crypt. And uh, there's the, the Peter Cushing zombie in tales from the crypt. And um, it's recreated in uh in The Walking Dead, and we, uh, we he had noticed that, and I'm like, wait a second, yeah. And sure enough, it was uh, Greg Nicotero wanting to pay homage to to Peter Cushing in uh, in Tales from the Crypt and that. So it was, that was cool. super cool how that how that show does that. We're
6: all going, like in Dawn of the dead, they have
2: that the helicopter scene, and then in 28 weeks later, they have a helicopter that kills like what like a hundred
6: zombies. You know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was one of the greatest scenes in the movie. I have to
6: say, like that up the ante. You're like, okay, what are they going to do now? <laughs>
3: I'm just wondering and then
6: what Zooland, the play- or Zomb- Zombieland or whatever came out. Like, oh, here we go. I love
4: that movie. Yeah, that was so it. funny. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought well, it was Murray funny was so how good. they got all the, the the rednecks in the end. And they portray them like Mississippi rednecks or something. You know, you got that guy who's got the four cigars in his hat. And he goes, yeah, throw that one on the burn pile. You yeah. know, and they're out there, some old ladies meandering. They just start, you know, <laughs> blowing them <laughs> and they're enjoying it more so more so on the other movie than they were you know with the newer um, version of it. But with the nineteen ninety one, they really get into the yahoos in that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's also taken back yours, right? Like you got invaded by
6: our and we don't know how that happened, right? So we kind of give a an allude in the next film why it happens. But in this we don't know why the dead are rising.
4: No, so well, they don't really proud, say
6: they're getting really proud of being like, Oh, we took back our, you know, our land, you know, we killed the zombies. Woohoo,
5: we won. <laughs> you know? yeah. In the news reports, they mention something about a satellite coming back, but that's never. Yeah. Nothing ever comes of that. I, I don't remember in the other movies. I don't think anything ever came of that. That idea that like it, something happened from space, because even one of the uh, one of the um, one of the news reporters is questioning why they would want to talk to somebody in the space program about an earthbound problem. Uh, mm. Nothing ever comes of it. We don't know if that if they were going to go in
4: a different direction or not. Well, I think they wanted to, they just didn't
1: have the funding for it. They did want to make it like an alien. No, I think bit better. You have to look at that basically, you're only stuck with these characters for less than 24 hours. Yeah. So by the time that you all get all the information about why this is happening, it's not going to happen within the first 24 hours. I mean, look at COVID. It took them three months to figure out what's going
6: on here. So do you really think
8: something like this is going to happen? What?
6: So none of them had an iphone they couldn't just google like hey what's going on hey siri what's (laughs) happening in the world right now why are the dead rising (laughs) Uh,
1: but but i also think that another thing that i think that george romero does happen is the primal fear about i mean if you think about how the zombies actually kill you
4: not by knives
1: but by their bare hands tearing into your flesh and tearing you apart and eating you alive which has yeah. probably got to be one of the worst ways to ever think about dying because yeah, they like and to go for
4: the belly first kind of sorta so you're watching yourself getting well you always go for the dive. soft you
1: always go for the soft tissue first don't you, know? Soft you don't want to go into the skull there's too much there you go into you're the right living
4: dead sorry yeah that's your yeah. brains,
1: brains.
4: brains. <laughs> they went right for the
3: skull in that one send more paramedics <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, those zombies
6: would die today if that was the case. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> Is this a vegan
5: brain? I can't eat it. Sorry. <laughs> Unless
1: it's a Linda this McCartney this brain.
5: Might have <laughs> this might have accidentally made a lot of people vegetarians. Yeah. It sure. Sure.
8: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I think gross. we knew to mention that basically that the, what the zombies were chewing on were um, animal innards from the butcher that went off. Yeah, so they weren't like they, they were
4: chocolate off. Sauce. the chocolate it's, sauce. That's right, because it was black and white, you couldn't tell. The yeah. little girl ate leftover lunch when she was eating her dad. That, yeah, they said
3: they were not faking being sick from that. <laughs> that that yeah. was gross. I mean, that was such
4: a pioneer. What, hap, what happened
1: was is they, they went to the butcher, got a bunch of animal innards, um, sort of thing, brought it there. And actually, because they bought it in the beginning of the day, it was sat in the sun all day long. So, by the time they started uh. doing the night sequences, it's like, yeah, it went kind of putrid. I'm very
3: vegetarian, me- and I could not act that If I had to eat anything that was me, I would have to pass on the roll.
6: This is giving me a Texas <laughs> chainsaw, you know, flashback when we were talking about that and him having to the wear sausages.
4: The-, the sausages. Ugh. The sausages. The saus—that that upsets oh, me a lot. <laughs>
2: Those they said it was like
4: 110 people. degrees in that room oh god yeah. there's <laughs> flies all over that shit yeah <laughs> and that's texas and i know there's fly those flies just freaking find you i don't know how they find you but they do down here
1: well the question is was what was scarier gunner has yeah gunner dressed the leather face or the smell of him
6: oh yeah
4: <laughs> didn't they douse him with a bunch of entrails and stuff to make him wasn't that what they said
6: yeah, they were. They, they had. Yeah, they they put you know, all that stuff on him, and he, he had still, to have that mask. He had to keep wearing it, and they didn't yeah. wash it. So he just was like, was "You so can't hot, wash it." Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, why would they
4: make a movie like that in the dead of summer in freaking Texas, man? Just,
6: like, so give characters
1: it. It. when the cast motivation. is available and the time frame's there, you just yeah. go for it. So DIY man. Mm-hmm.
4: It's brutal.
1: I mean, it's quite interesting that um, George Romero used a film to our style to show the uh, human, humanity's nightmare against itself, its own alienation within itself. And I right. thought that was quite effective mm-hmm. using. Yeah. Nice. I mean, if you look at, I mean, he was what he was an advertising um, director, wasn't he writing? Yeah, making commercials. Yeah.
4: Well, look at the way that he actually like, filmed it. it. It's kind of like every man Excuse for himself when there's something like this happens. Just look at COVID. Everybody took all the flipping toilet paper. Just like, you know, <laughs> just like they didn't care if you could wipe your bum. They were. You're not getting any. I mean, literally took all the time. To- I've never how, seen anything like that in my entire much, life. How much <laughs> did
5: people go to the bathroom if they needed that much toilet paper? for What they were basically saying at the time was going to be a two-week shutdown.
6: Yes, yeah, so all they the just clean
4: stuff. out the stores of toilet paper. Now toilet paper, what's important?
6: Toilet paper.
4: They can't sell it now because everybody has so much of it now down here that's just sitting on the shelves because everybody's got a garage. Well, a bunch in the, of in like the UK, what they're doing
1: is people who, uh, in the UK people who overbought food and had to waste it, and some food that have been wasted. They're now giving a ten thousand pound fine.
6: Wow! Wow! Okay. That's amazing.
1: So, because Boy. it's like they, they had people like going on the news like throwing all this food away after a week like overbuying and just throwing it all away and it's just kind of like really horrible people
4: watch too many movies like us i guess
1: but it does show you hey, about, come on now I don't say that yeah that's my
2: life <laughs> watching <a> movies
1: <laughs> but it does show you about humanity that humanity that human man pretty much thinks of himself in any kind of Every setting so it's very rare that yeah. you get a group mentality that everyone's looking out for their neighbors and stuff like this, and I mean, it's kind of been proven time and time again through history. Yeah. Sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and the zombie um, film really, really shows that so well. Yeah, that's Zombie cool. movies are art movies. Yeah.
4: I agree. <laughs> They're survival movies. I can honestly say I've watched all the Walking Dead. I could survive anything.
6: <laughs> Except the slow walking zombies the that slow come. Walk- I I was-, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like it's literally called the walking dead how yeah. do so many people get ripped apart by a walking zombie because it's because like oh i'm not looking where stupid... i'm going and they turn around and a zombie goes ah!
4: it's usually <laughs> a stupid error and judgment now if you have the train to pusan you know oh God, you that... those zombies you're fucked there's
6: just I... no hope.
2: Got the numbers it's the numbers
4: <laughs> I, I
6: also love that i love the fast zombie when they're like in oh ra- rage God. mode right. oh gosh like, so intense freaking...
1: <laughs> but to be honest if you if you're going to look at it from a pathological point of view that if a person if a body's been dead for a period of time they're not going to be able to move fast
6: yeah atrophy. rigor mortar sets yeah. in
1: and there's no uh, there's no animation that's going to sit there and bring your muscles to be ample ever again once the rigor mortar sets in because yeah. they turn to stone usually, basically
3: when they're fast ones i think usually they're infected and not actually dead That's like what they're nice. many yeah. days later mm-hmm. yeah. they're not actually zombies because they're not dead
1: yeah. yeah, and also, and what Matthew was saying is is the um, is it the problem is is basically is that you know, it's basically a um, cat and mouse game. And yeah, you know, you you know, the thing is, is that once you basically, you can run away from them for so long, but how, the thing is, you're looking at a machine or zombies and say that do not run out of energy. They're not going to, they don't need to stop for food. They don't need anything. And if they start gathering on mass and then eventually they're going to get you into a corner. And then what happens when you find yourself in that corner? No matter how many times you swing an axe or how many bullets, you're going to run out eventually.
6: You light them on fire.
5: Yeah. <laughs> 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 unless, you're the cell, unless you're Ben in this movie, in which case you just hide in the basement and then they go away by morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you know, too. Or the yeah.
4: rednecks come and shoot them. They moved
6: on.
5: on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think the rednecks came in and just...
4: <laughs> by the
5: time they got there, though, the zombies had all cleared out.
6: No, they cleared them out.
5: Let's be yeah, clear. They, they were, well, they they were, were, were dead, dead out. in a pile
6: behind them. <laughs> yeah, but but I, w- I
1: mean, the thing is, is that they were a moving mass anyway, a bit like locust sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So basically, is once they fi- once the zombies have cleared out, they probably kept moving, sort of thing. The problem is, is that uh, it's not the problem, but this film is set in a rural setting, so therefore you're going to get a different approach than if it was an urban setting. The urban center was going to make it a bit more. Um, yeah, well, we want to make it more claustrophobic <laughs> but let's put, it, let's put it this way they're going to be a lot more mass. you know there would be a difference to be like having a zombie apocalypse in you know small town usa compared to chicago or new york city
6: yeah right they're, they would be divided right like whereas what led them to the farm was was basically barbara trying to run away so like that's what got her Yes. There, you know, versus the city.
1: Well, the zombies were, the zombies hit the farmland before, though, before Barbara got there because they you have were, it was to remember on the, the radio,
4: pe- but they turned the radio off. Something was going
1: well. Down. No, we have to also remember that when Barbara got there and she ran upstairs, there was a half eaten corpse there. That's so, true. something was eat, someone eat, ate the previous occupant oh, there. Got that it. We don't know that was someplace.
3: a zombie.
1: No, I think sure. that it was a, it, but was it, was it wasn't a zombie, but it was an eaten corpse.
3: Farms have some okay. weird stuff. Have you seen it? That? <laughs> <laughs> that
6: was someone's snack for later, you know, in case they got hungry. Well, it, it takes away. all kinds
1: of critters to make farmer's <laughs>
6: <tins of> fritters. for <laughs> 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 uh,
1: yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
6: Or maybe, wait, it could have been the meat, meat, and man got to eat. Yeah, it could have been the husband blew the person's head off to just get their gun because they were running from zombies. Well, they so. did
4: set a couple of them on fire, and I guess uh, some of the crew members accidentally set themselves on fire during <laughs> filming, and I guess they just kept rolling. <laughs>
6: <laughs> literally, literally rolling.
4: <laughs> That's a riot. Talkin roll, and <laughs> There was a Bill Hinsman, he played the um, the cemetery ghoul. That guy had staying power anyway. He volunteered to be set on fire. <coughs> Yeah, the way he okay. gets back up, he just pops back up when he's fighting with Johnny. That is amazing. Like, Johnny will
5: knock him down. By the time Johnny, like, takes two steps, he's, like, bolting back up to his feet and wrestling with him. Like, whoa. I was saying, he
4: had staying power that dude did. Yeah. And then you had saw Barbara's brother, which was kind of telling. And he's the one that actually takes her out and kills her. Yeah. You know, that was kind of sorry, you know. But yeah. he said they were coming to get her, brothers. Mm-hmm. I,
1: but I also think that I think that I think that was quite a smart move as far as on the script and filmmaker because that actually shows is that you know once they come back, once people that you know come back, will come back for you. And I quite because that's yeah. probably the only scene that you actually. I mean, okay, we get the baby girl, you get the daughter sort of right. thing. But you don't really get it until that's pretty much the scene that pretty much brings it back.
8: Yeah, because
1: it's even the daughter. I mean, I think I the only problem that I have with the daughter is that basically you don't really know much about her. It's like you kind of have an ugly man. Um, Sick, uh, Stepford wife, and then you had like this daughter, like dressed up as Jan Brady, like, <laughs> like moaning, moaning, moaning on a butcher, a butcher's table in the basement. You're gonna go, Well, you don't really know much about it. Like, Marsha,
6: Marsha, Marsha, shut up.
4: I hated her husband. What was that guy's name? What a douche canoe he was. Cooper. Oh, yeah, Cooper. Cooper. You wanted yeah. him to die. I, I don't know what you guys, but I was like, I him now he's a
5: dick. But in all fairness, when they got in. What did what did Ben do? Ben headed to the fucking cellar and yeah, it up. so <laughs> Ben's yeah. like, I got this. <laughs> yeah,
1: but the I... thing is that they if they listen to the dickhead guy and not listen to the Dwayne Jones character, chances are they might have made it through it.
6: Not with zombie daughter in the basement. What are you talking about? I'll think <laughs> <we're> gonna... <laughs> Well, kill, killing, allies? killing, you killing!
1: Now, you know, killing one baby girl is a lot different than care- killing a horde, isn't it?
6: Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Because the thing is, if she, if the mother wasn't down there with the daughter on her on her own, chances are that might that probably might never have happened. They would have seen it coming, sort of thing. Also,
4: something was funny about this is when the word got out that they were going to have a naked girl do part of this movie. I guess the town came, and <laughs> in the lawn chairs and shit, watching them film. I the can Yeah. <laughs>
5: Boobs. They're the best special effect you can have in your movie. <laughs> the I, heard, I, one. I heard it was titillating for them. <laughs> um, oh, no. I can see when the trailer to Deadly Xmas came out a couple years ago and Dave and I posted the trailer, it got like fucking three or four views. When I posted it later that day and mentioned that there were boobs in the trailer, <laughs> it, was, you know, it just oh, like, can- this is the internet. You can't just go look at boobs anywhere else. <laughs> whatever we mentioned, that there was a topless woman in the trailer, and all of a sudden, sh- <laughs> that's right here. Up. Life. what's that variety? Yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> they're boobs I haven't seen, so that's yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's another thing that strikes me about uh, Mr. Cooper and his wife. Uh, Ben wrestles the gun away from him, shoots him. <laughs> And the, the response from Helen is just is, is like no response. Her husband just got shot in front of her. She doesn't seem to give a shit. I wouldn't have either. I no. would have been applauding.
6: He, he probably was a dick. So she probably was like, oh, too bad. Oh, I got to go take care of my daughter. Bye. <laughs> He's
3: probably wondering where he kept the money. And yeah, was-
4: exactly. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny in the end of the the newer version. The, it was it 90 or 89 when they did that?
3: The tom but savini you know version. he just
4: pops down from out of the attic you know it's like oh you made it and she just blows a hole in his head just like fuck <laughs> you
5: cougar <laughs> you know? watch that one it's still a long time
4: <laughs> best one, best thing ever that one's like, quite yeah. hard one to find actually huh? is it
1: the, the tom savini one yeah it's not as common to find as some of the other versions that people have um right. I, mean, I mean there's a night the living dead where someone's actually filmed their own epilogues and prologues and put right. that in there with like some. Really yeah, there's
5: there were so, like I I had so many home video versions of this because I was I was so hardcore about this movie. I bought a two disc set because John Carradine hosted it. And it's just John Carradine ranting for two minutes in the beginning of it and, and then <laughs> cut to the movie. And that's it. Uh, there's one where like they edited in Debbie Rashawn and a bunch of other people that came out in the late 90s.
1: Yeah, I've um, seen that one.
5: There's a remake with Sid Haig, which I've never seen. Yeah.
3: That's good. I like yeah. it. It's I've really good. It. I actually <laughs> really love it. He plays a great part.
5: Is he Cooper?
3: You'll have to watch it.
5: <laughs> what
3: year was it, Haig? Uh, All right, I'm 2000... looking it up now. I've not seen
4: it I didn't even know 2008
3: it something like that I don't know exactly I just know I watched around 2007, or 2007.
4: I, I haven't I have I'm gonna have to find that one because I hadn't seen it with Sid Haig that'd be I'd love to watch
3: it right watching
1: and
2: then
3: there's Night no Living Dead it. in 3D yeah. Oh, yeah I think that's I think they that's Sid the Hague
2: one. That is a Sid Haig one yeah yeah
5: I just found the 1990 DVD for six bucks on Amazon I'm going to. I'm gonna buy it actually Living
6: Doing in a dead. little
4: shopping while you're talking to us there, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Inter- Prime purchasing.
1: <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, um, Night of the Living Dead got, had its stage. They did a stage show of it here in London um, about three months before COVID happened. So it ran three months. So I, did, I didn't get a chance to go see it, but apparently it was getting really critical raves over here. Wow. They didn't like no. it? No, critical yeah, raves. I mean, they, they loved, loved it. it. They, loved they did it. like yeah. it. They were, they were talking they were talking after BAFTAs and Olivier Awards for it
6: at one point.
4: Wow, oh, wow. Wicked I'm
6: sure the staging was amazing for it because it's not there isn't that many rooms no. that you're playing on. You have the living room, you have the graveyard, and then the basement, you know, so that you the staging must be really cool how they were able to kind of manipulate
4: that.
1: They still should make it into a musical though.
4: Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, well, we all know that zombie musicals work, right? They yeah. actually can And make in them the apocalypse.
1: Work. Evil Dead. Yes. If you want to see one of the best musical experiences of your life on stage, watch Evil Dead the musical. Bloody fantastic!
4: I haven't seen that the first either.
1: five rows. You have to wear. They they give you a raincoat because the blood right. that's splattering off the down the stage is oh covering you. That's I awesome. did see Night of the
3: Living Dead puppet show. That was pretty. Oh cool. really? Oh
6: that's cool. <laughs>
3: How funny. So, it was playing in Milwaukee. It was great. Well,
1: the thing is, I mean, they even did an opera of it as well. Which oh. is um, playing, that played in Pittsburgh. No sort of kidding.
6: Thing. The hometown, because I was laughing too. One of the things I noticed was that George Romero actually was doing, he was doing shorts for uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood, which I never That's knew. That's right. He I was did. like, what? <laughs> I was like, how did that spawn from? <laughs> That's right, he did. It's oh, a beautiful God. day in the hell.
4: <laughs> I was watching the, that the special uh, George Romero was on. I believe it was Amazon Prime, and they were talking about doing the walking and walking dead, um, night of the living dead. And there were kids on there, they were actually like eight, nine, ten years old. I, I'm hoping it's the same documentary. And they were talking about these kids that were equivocating this to other nuances in their education. And I don't know how they did it, but it was just all these little kids just loved it. You know, and it's just like, oh, I don't feel so bad. There's other bad parents out there beside (laughs) me.
3: (laughs) Right here. I'm right there with you. (laughs) I'm
4: a bad grandma now,
5: but... So, because Shanta mentioned it, the the puppet show uh, was actually it's our our friend Billy Olson does it. It's uh, Lumpy's House of What's It is, uh, Lumpy's, is House uh, of what? Lumpy's House of What's It. Uh, that's uh, that's who who does the, uh, the 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 Night of Living Dead puppet show around Halloween every year in Milwaukee. Oh, really? uh, so, that's if you guys want crazy. to check him out,
3: yeah, it's and, it's so worth going. It was a great show. I'm actually oh, wow. telling
5: him now. We just pl- we just put uh, plugged your uh, your puppet show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now another thing i find quite interesting about night of living dead there's a lot of critical analysis of this film probably more than any other film out there at the moment you and it's quite funny that whatever country it shows they come up with their own analysis and when it showed in vietnam they considered the zombies was america's way of laying back and being swept over by letting the vietnam war happen and because wow. of the lack of vietnamese people in it was the way that um that they looked at Americans being involved in the Vietnam War, that basically that there is no input from the Vietnamese people. That's how they looked at the critical analysis in Their Living Dead. And of course, you have the racial overtones as well. But they also say that um, it also shows the way of the 60s that basically you had a group of people who were basically fighting to stay alive. And he also had the silent majority, which is basically most of the people in the 60s. You had your young who were basically fighting. So if you look at the film itself, um, most of the cast members are quite young. Um, whether you know from Jane Jones up to the even the young couple that are fighting and then you have the older couple who basically you know basically don't really want to acknowledge what's going on which basically is what was going on in the 60s then you had the zombies with the silent majority which they're the mass of the people who are actually sweeping through America and basically not not really fighting for change just as happy the way things are so, Never so when you look that. at Night of the Living Dead, it's quite interesting to look at uh, the many social commentaries that this movie has come out with. So it's kind of a simple movie, basically. If you look at it on paper, it's pretty much a pretty simple right. movie. It's, you know, it, it is basically a ten little Indians with zombies, basically. You know, a bunch of people, you know, in a, in a house setting, they die one by one, sort of thing. And you know, this time you kind of know who the killers are, but it's. Mm-hmm. But I have to sit there and say that it's probably one of the only. You said before one of the only films that has got so much critical analysis and been looked at so deeply for a film that basically might not even seem the light of day if basically it didn't take off at you know a local cinema Pittsburgh and it was cheap and copyright didn't run out on it. Yeah,
5: <laughs> so. yeah, and actually on the social commentary, if um, if you guys want to check out a really great documentary, it's I uh, it's pretty hard to find now. Um, I know it was an IFC documentary that came out like 2002, 2003 called "The American Nightmare," and they interview George Romero, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, Toby Hooper, and they all talk about how um, the tumultuous time in the late 60s and early 70s um, kind of uh, kind of guided what they were doing with their horror movies at the time, and uh, it
4: shaped a lot of directors.
5: Yeah,
6: it yeah. mm-hmm. uh, talks RGV. about how the
4: Vietnam
5: War shaped uh, shaped Last House on the left. And um, it's a really mm-hmm. good documentary if you can get your hands on it. I don't know how, how readily available it is now. so It's, just it's of available
1: on people. Xbox for free.
5: Is it? Pretty cool.
6: Nice. Well, there Night. you go. Know. They, re-
1: they renamed it Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. Right.
6: Okay. I, was, I mean, I find it interesting, too, because you think about get, going back to giving death life right and so if you think about what was happening with the war and everything sort of what's going on that people were dying right so you're kind of kind of eulogizing people in a way of saying like the dead are are will be in front of you that we're putting it in front of you and it's how you approach death I guess and looking at death and either accepting that it will come to get you eventually right like that's a kind of way I look at it too from that perspective like you can't fight it like it's going to come and it's going to get you some at some point in your existence and you can't really fight it you know i guess
3: uh, oh sorry i was going to say the way i see zombie movies as opposed to like a lot of traditional movies is that the nemesis is no personality so they don't They don't draw anything out of you the only things that the protagonists bring is from themselves that comes out and so it shows all the different facets of like the different personalities in that situation it's kind of like a natural disaster movie where it's sort of a mirror as opposed to a response to a certain like if you have a villain they're evoking something out of you and the zombies are blank and they're not evoking anything out of you and so it reflects your own traits back to yourself yeah that's
5: true
3: and joe that's on amazon prime Oh,
5: it is. There yeah. we go. So it's it's a, it, it is readily, uh, readily available. Yeah, nightmares and red, white, and blue. It's cool.
4: under yeah, nightmares and go red, white, like- and blue. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out.
1: Yeah, because I caught it on Xbox. Xbox has a habit of giving away videos every once in a while. And that was one of the videos that they were giving away. So, so you just download it. I think it was between that and the Guild. I
5: to watch, it, so. it, it is. I, I remember really loving it when I when I saw it back when it premiered on IFC. So um i don't know how well it holds up you know 17 18 years later but
4: oh i think there's a lot of people that are still interested in in all of that i don't think there's ever been any a lack of interest you know it's just like well jesse you know he's going to school right now and he said they're always implementing some of the old stuff older (laughs) stuff or whatever you want to call it classic it always scares me when people say classic rock (laughs) classic classic yeah but uh but he, well, they're still using that, the old stuff in, in college.
1: But I also think Night of the Living Dead for a 1968 film, the pacing's quite a modern pacing as well. It yes. keeps yes. building and building and building and building until you get you know, any, and, until you get the climax. And I also think that, I think if you're gonna do a successful horror movie anyway, I think downbeat endings are the ones that seem to stay with us the most. Those yeah. movies that have the downbeat endings yeah. are the ones <laughs> that for some reason that you'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. And is awesome. in the zombie thing. yeah. I think
6: you're used awesome. to most people are used to the final girl ending the survivor, right. right? And coming back. And it's also what comes back. So the killer's still there. And it's sort of that lingering. But then when it is sort of just bleak.
3: I I, I remember
6: that... I remember watching Dawn of the Dead going. Yeah. I I left the theater with my friend going, Well, that really fucking pissed me off. That's like, I was so mad. And I was like, Yeah, hey, they get away and not really get away. And they end up getting murdered. And I'm like, But that's a zombie film. Like, well, it's they just started sort of-
4: that but- Final Girl stuff like in the 80s, though. Did they not? Yeah. And that's that's when I remember all that Final Girl stuff started. I, I guess the 70s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, I How mean, the Final you? Girl, I guess, I mean, they, they're around during the, the Gallo
4: yeah yeah
1: um stuff from italy and i mean yeah the slasher films kind of brought it to more before but there's always been kind of a fun it's very rare that the the a girl doesn't make it to the end it's very rare in a horror film actually it's yeah.
5: it's yeah it's usually it's usually a girl at the end like even uh, even texas chainsaw massacre sally Hardesty's the, the last one and um
4: why did it, the it, truck driver run down leatherface? That was my big question at the end of that movie. Why did he get out of the damn? I don't truck? think
6: he knew what the hell was going on. Imagine yeah, driving it all you know, of a sudden, so, like, what the hell? A man comes with a mask and chainsaw chasing a girl so down, down the highway.
1: If you're that over if you're that overweight, you might not want to get out of the truck. You're
6: not gonna
1: wobbling down the street, poor man. He oh, died man. of a heart attack before he got to the end of it. Under the <laughs> Did
4: you see him? He's like, <laughs> "Fuck this!" He just starts running. He doesn't even try to get back in the truck. <laughs> well, that, well you,
5: you, th- this series and Texas Chainsaw are the two that I that, like. I think of that has spawned so many like different universes because every single Texas yeah. Chainsaw sequel has nothing to do with any of the other sequels. They're all a direct sequel to the original. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah,
5: all of them are like, mm-hmm. "We're not going to acknowledge the other ones," uh, but this one. Mm-hmm. You have Dawn of the Dead, and then you have Zombie, uh, which became Zombie in Italy. Then you had the, the Fulci Zombie movie, uh, Zombie 2. And then that spawned a ton of – so, like, if you were to, like, do, like, a diagram of, like, what Night of the Living Dead caused as far yeah. as, like, sequel and, un, and un, um, unrelated sequels, it's, it's a mess. It's a tree with a, with a bunch of giant branches. Well, we, yeah, it was a bit like – I'm over here on the BBC. They used to have a documentary
1: series called Rock Family Tree. And so they would start out with like the runaways, and then the runaways will become like the go gos and the bangles and Joan Jett. And then it's like, and then from there they spawn this and they spawn this. And by the time he got yeah. done with it, it was kind of, there were so many of them. And that's it, kind of what the zombie, it's like this, this movie kind of spawns so much that it's kind of, you know, it would be basically like a, a huge tree, really. Wouldn't it wouldn't be. It's so by the time he trace everything up and trace everything back, it's just, it'll be a nightmare for anyone who puts it all together. I mean, it,
6: I was, I was gonna say, I find it interesting. Frankenstein, you know, Frankenstein in a way is kind of like a zombie in a sense, like it's brought yeah. back, reanimated, reanimated, but it is overall like how humans treat him, right? So I think if you look at Frankenstein, it was a great precursor to something that is just trying to be it. Though it has more conscience than I guess in the beginning of what this would be, where it seems like there is no conscience. It's just a motive like, or motivation just to to do right, versus so i look at that and i say well i mean from the storytelling there it's like you feel empathy for this creature right and so in the past i think if you put a creature in front of someone people would just bet like, kill it right when you put it as a human being or it's something human coming at you you're like i don't know if i could kill it <laughs> like it so of so kind of sort of again humanizes it but then you realize the monsters are the people who are in the house right the ones that are like I will do whatever it takes to pr- protect my family, and you kill someone who might be a good person, or you do like you're gonna, you know, it's like, what would you do, right? What what kind would uh sacrifice? Well,
1: I would surround myself with weak people and then feed them one by one to the zombies. <laughs> <So, right? laughs>
6: that's just me, or he would just chain them up and turn them and be like, they'll be my little guard dogs, so, you can put them outside, you know. <laughs> <Guard dogs. laughs> that's that's the, I mean, the
1: other thing that you can Shaun to the dead, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, love that's- that
4: movie.
6: I
1: mean, I guess another thing that you're going to be looking at that when you, when you look at death, what happens in death normally in society is that when anyone die, the person could be like a horrible person, but we we actually, when they die, we turn them to sainthood. They become yeah. a saint all of, all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and then when when you know when that saint comes out of the grave and ready to come and feed on you, I guess that's another way of looking at this as well.
6: So. I mean, isn't, that biblical, isn't it biblical too, right? Like biblically, so. isn't that supposed to happen? Like some type of so raising of the dead or Well it happened to saints Princess. God,
1: to. To she was a slut and then she died and she became a saint. So hey <laughs>
4: <laughs> It's the saints, they're not talking about Keith. It's uh, George, George
1: <laughs> Carlin. George I won't get to say hey until after I'm dead. So <laughs> George Maybe Carlin did a nice bit on, on that like
4: in afterwards. the 70s. He's like, oh, Bill,
5: good old Bill. Bill was such a great guy. <laughs> Dave, Dave, that cocksucker's still alive, isn't he? He owes me 20 bucks for <laughs> yeah. Great really.
4: Carlin bit. The hell of a time to tell somebody they look good is at a wake. It's just like, God, they look so peaceful. It's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck you. You know? Because they're dead
6: and they'll <laughs> have to talk to you anymore.
4: This guy does not look good. He's deceased. I look
6: is peaceful embom- too, but to
4: the talk embalming. To <laughs> it must have been the embalming. What kind of method do you use?
1: Actually, people, people, people do look younger when they're laying down. Actually, because just right, well,
4: so. well, that's it all that back, back, back,
6: right? Yeah. Well, the
1: re- the reason why I know that for sure is because I was watching a Gerald Butler film um yesterday called Angel Has Fallen, and the thing is, he's starting to look a bit like Angel Lansbury. His faces when he's running around, <laughs> walking side, like, but then there's one scene where he's laying down. He's like, like so much younger. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's the Butler, I remember from 300. But like Paul McCartney, he's turning into Angel Lansbury now
5: as well. He's looking more like Angel Lansbury. Every day. Oh my god! The, the one I learned: is he out, head up, chin out, and you you're, you photograph a lot better. Head up, chin out.
4: <laughs> Take it from an angle. <laughs>
1: Brings us to Return of the Living Dead, which is a 1985 American comedy horror film written and directed by Dan O'Bannon. Now, Dan O'Bannon oh. is, if you are a fan of horror, Dan O'Banin should be one of these guys that you should be praying down to, and we'll get into that later. Um, the film does star Clue Glu- Gulliger, James Caron, Tom Matthews, and Don Kalfa. The film tells the story of how a warehouse worker, com- by his two employees mortician friend and a group of teenage punks deal with accidental release of a horde of brain-hungry zombies onto an unsuspecting town over the fourth of July weekend. The film is described in a modern punk comedy, is known for introducing the popular concept of zombies eating brains as opposed to eating human flesh like previous zombie iterations. It's also known as the first film to ever show zombies running as well as zombies being able to speak. The film was also quite unique with virtually all other cinematic depictions of The Living Dead is that the zombies portrayed in the film cannot be killed by a standard headshot. The film was also notable for its soundtrack which features several legendary Los Angeles-based death rock and punk rock bands of the era. The film was a critical success and performed moderately well at the box office. Its endearing popularity has spawned four sequels and turned it into a cult classic. We are now cut to Return of the Living Dead trailer and be right back.
0: Of the night, something strange is going on.
8: Do
7: you You see that movie, Night of the Living Dead?
5: Sure, they shake those
0: bodies. Well, say hello from the grave.
6: Mister, there's a hundred of those things
0: out there. How many did you say? A hundred. And now the question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Bert, Frank, we have a little problem.
7: Boiler. Ten
0: right. (sighs) No. Bird Brains. Oh, oh. I brain. <laughs> Medical science is battling. And it's a puzzle. Because technically, you're not alive. Why do you eat people?
7: Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead?
2: Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert.
0: In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brains. Right. Yeah. Brains. Ah! brain, Right. Brains. 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 I hit the brain. Oh. Get it, off! Get, up, get it off. 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 The military is nervous. Usual. Crap. The police are confused.
7: There ain't more cops.
5: It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now. Bring the movie line. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad
2: question, Bert. It's not a bad
0: question, Bert. The return of the living.
1: Hello, welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and we're now discussing Return of the Living Dead from 1985, and starting with Matthew Brockmeyer, What are your thoughts of Return of the Living Dead?
2: Punk rock, yeah, but um, seriously, I got a, the greatest story for this. So when this movie came out, I was uh, in ninth grade, and my poor mother, I was like already a horror freak, already getting into punk rock. And they were showing it at midnight for the world premiere, or the, the premiere anyway in Baltimore, where, I'm, where I grew up. And I, I made my mom take me there. And I dressed up like a zombie. And they had a contest. And then all the winners got taken to Edgar Allan Poe's grave after the movie. And my mom put up with all of it. And we, we went to the grave. And it was, it was just an awesome, awesome night. And uh, we still talk about it. It was great.
6: It's cool. very cool. Cool, and what about
1: yourself, Shanta? What are your thoughts?
3: I love this movie. It's like one of those classic, like, hanging out with friends party movies that you just want to watch with people. Because it's, I feel like it's so much more enjoyable when you watch it with a group of people. And The Cramps, one of my favorite bands, so having The Cramps in the soundtrack just makes the entire movie for me. It's just so much fun. It takes zombie movies and it gets rid of, like, all the, like, dark parts of it and just puts the fun in it, I think.
2: I would say forty five Grave is a great band too.
5: On uh, Return of Living Dead, it's um, it's like Shanta said, it's one of those movies where like we just all it it works better when you just get like a bunch of people together and just kind of kind of all have fun watching it together. Um, I had a massive crush on Linnea Quigley growing up, so <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: th- this movie, this movie, Night of the Demons and Witch Trap probably were were all and uh, uh, Sorority Babes in the slimeball Ball Bolarama all massive contributors to that because uh, she's just always like just such a badass. in a lot of these, most of them, most of the time, she's kind of a badass and she is here too. Uh, Tom Matthews and James Karen have such great chemistry together. Um, and they, they play so well off each other. Uh, Jewel Shepard is fantastic in it too. So it's, it's one of those, uh, i include Gulliger. This is just one of those movies that's just so fantastic and so fun to watch. And it, it takes the zombie trope and it, uh, and and it adds humor to it. Um, it takes it further than Romero did in Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead had like a little bit of it, but this one just went full tilt um, into comedy. And it's, it still holds up because the humor is just fantastic. I love this yeah. movie so much. I love it to love it to death.
1: What about your thoughts, John?
6: I love it. I haven't seen this in years, so I was like literally watching this the other day, going, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I forgot Tommy Jarvis is in this." <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I, just love um, uh, again the humor to it. I love that that it is one of the first films that introduces that concept of brains being this like necessity yeah. to kind of Brain. to like to take away the pain that these you know these uh, poor souls are are it feeling and it's such a crafty way of getting people and trapping them and keeping them trapped. And, and, you know, the fact that all the zombies are calling more people to eat. I mean, I love, I love like that whole concept and I love that, um, you know, it it starts in very fast in the sense, like once that container opens, you know, hell has been unleashed. And I love like the whole, you know, the scene where it affects the corpse that's in the freezer. And then it like. The half dogs. Yeah, the, the on, and, <laughs> and, and just and just the foreman freaking the fuck out, going, oh yeah, I, I watched the movie because remember he's like saying, oh, we don't know if the movie's real, but like stabbing in the brain, you know, and it's like, well, that ain't working. <laughs> what do we do? And then like at that like that whole scene was hysterical. It's like I would be the same way though. I'm like, well, well, that didn't work. Well, now we're screwed. What do we do now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love I love the film. I love it. I actually want to now watch the the sequels after that too because I, I feel like now i ever ref- need a refresher on those because i was as i'm watching my oh yeah that happened oh yeah that happened okay now yeah.
5: the, the the sequels are very maligned and i think uh undeservedly so uh, especially two and three which well two 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 everybody hates or a lot of people hate and i you know i guess it's because it, it went more into comedy but i've always loved it it could be because it's the first uh that might be the first zombie movie i ever saw it was probably return of the living dead part two because it used to air on tv all the time um but yeah, th- I, I actually like them. I watched return of the living dead one, two and three all recently. And I, I liked the first three. Uh, I'm going to have to revisit four and five eventually. And Ellery, if you're listening, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I do have very pleasant memories of them, but, but even you yourself said they weren't, they weren't exactly the best movies. Um, <laughs> but still, I, I, I have a, I have a fondness for them that, um, still like all these years later revisiting them I still love them see I think
1: I mean I, I love Return of the Living Dead but I think I the reason why I love it is because I think it has to do with the writing of Dan O'Bannon. definitely Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. I mean he is one of those fantastic writers whether you look at Dark Star or Star Wars I mean he did them he did the miniatures he didn't write for Star Wars we did all the miniatures for that considering that he's a writer which is kind of bizarre but one of my favorite movies of his is Dead and, Dead and Buried which I love. Oh, yeah, film. fantastic. Um, you, know, a- you know, he wrote the script for Alien, Blue Thunder, Life Force, Invaders from Mars, Total Recall, Screamers, Bleeders. I mean, he wrote the scripts for all those movies,
8: yeah. which are yeah.
1: all like classics in their own. And he has a way of like humanizing the horror film. So even though that in, in Return of the Living Dead, you have these characters that are there should be so far out and they, they basically shouldn't be relatable but you're finding every single one relatable, but yet they all seem very, very real within their, you know, Linnea quickly as trash and the punk guy, you know, right. um, I forgot what his character name was But they, there are people that were like that which is back quite, in the 80s yeah back in the 80s i knew I, you know i hung out i mean in college i was hanging out with people like that and they you know and you know they they'd be like really scary and then they would come out with like these things like oh you know come up with these like deep theological things you're like what in the hell did that come from <laughs> you know and but then at the same time being able to capture the older generation that's in the film as well and keep and keep true to that character and to be able to have something so horrific but to balance comedy and horror at the same time that you're watching it and still keep you grossed out at the same time and be able to yeah. balance all that yeah. that is a chore that not hardly anyone ever is able to accomplish very very well
6: yeah and it goes for the special effects when they're ripping people open it's you could take everything as campus you know when they're like oh send more you know send more police officers and and then they're <laughs> ripping them apart you're like oh that went for being really funny to be oh that's kind of gross <laughs> You watch your
4: mouth, son. If you want to keep this job, yeah. I thought the two of them were the best thing of the whole movie. Just a comedy that they're they're going off each other, and they they both you know screwed up and they, they inhaled all this stuff, and they're just their lives are just going down the shitter throughout the whole movie, yeah. and they're they're still just la- you make you laugh. I mean the yeah. one liners, you know. The, um, uh, he played in a, a Poltergeist too, and he always plays yeah. that dry kind of character yeah i mean he's such but he's such a salesman and you know and i think what was the name of that uh company what was it you need you need a what was it called it's going to drive me nuts now the company you need a medical supply that's what it was called yeah a medical supply yeah (laughs) yeah but the thing is they had all this crap in here and then they had that that uh one cadaver in the back for whatever purposes they were going to sell it to a school or whatever or, you know, to autopsy it or something. And that thing just happens to be like that shit coming alive in the freezer. And they're they're sitting there. He goes, go over there and stand there with this. He goes, hit him with this you know there's always that one person that gets pushed into doing something he doesn't want to do
6: there's so, part of me the wonder if that was a little bit improv when he's like walking around showing him like and then we have the whatever here and i because part um, of it made me laugh because i was so like oh funny i thought it was hysterical because he's just like randomly pulling stuff and be like oh that's this you know this is the, the you know the dogs or whatever like slice
4: dogs though i've never seen anything like that i'm going slice oh no no
6: you know you, you, no, you do you do
1: have those actually
6: yeah, yeah yeah you do i mean and, and for that. colleges know. you know when you're doing yeah, anatomy in college they have to show
4: what it
1: looks I like I took anatomy. Yeah, I, I mean we had um in medical school we have sliced humans humans are that's what i half. saw we, the
4: humans did not bother me at all i yeah, did not have the dogs but we and had then we also humans. but that,
1: that they're for veterinary college veterinary schools that's what you have those for i mean yeah. um when we were in medical school we had um every every four people get their own cadaver so basically so you can practice cutting into these things yeah, and I it's quite like weird because what they do hard. is they they shave off all that body hair and everything off yeah. them. And because they're they're formaldehyde up, they are that yellow color. Yeah. Like, and the thing is you have to wear like Vicks or tiger tiger balm underneath mm-hmm. well your nose feet. because of the smell. So you so you would go in like hungover over on like a Monday morning because like, <laughs> they always had like beer beer busts on a Sunday. So then you go to go to school and you like pass the babies cadaver like Monday morning. Like, uh,
6: I remember like, one you, I remember one semester my brother brought a dead cat. I mean it was a cat in a bag with formaldehyde and he was like it's in the garage so don't open this unless you really want to see a dead cat in a, in a plastic bag and I was like, no I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> really appreciate that morning. <laughs>
1: I mean, I quite like, one of the f- funny thing is is that, and the thing is, this is very true, that um, when he says that all the skeletons come from India, why do you think they have such perfect teeth?
2: Yeah. And I well, remember that. I, that...
1: Uh... And I remember that the skeletons that we used to have in a medical school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, were all from India. <laughs> so I don't know why. Oh, my God. And we used to comment about how perfect teeth they were. And so when this movie came out, I mean, I was in college at the time in medical school, and we used to, like, watch this. And then, of course, the video came out at Blockbusters, and I think we used to go rent it out, like, every, every couple of weeks and just be sitting there and just enjoying the hell out of this movie, so...
4: Well, it is. It's funny, know. and then when she does, uh, Linnea Quigley does her graveyard dance. Oh, yeah! You know, yeah. It's,
3: it's just, it's just gold. I love how I'm like, "Oh, she's getting naked again." Like this is something she just does all the time. <laughs> By the way, that
6: poor girl, like for the entire film, is like soaking wet. Yeah. I mean, at one point at least, she's got her top, but like the rest, are yeah. nothing. And that but poor girl, you, the film. Every I like scene. the way that she left
1: her leg warmers on, though. Yeah,
6: yeah she did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Linnea, just in case Irene Carr was going to run into a rendition of fame, she was ready. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, she had the rain. <laughs> I, know, I know I've know. i made this joke privately with you guys, like like in various messages, but Linnea Quigley has to be the cleanest actress in the history of, of motion pictures. Not in
4: this particular one.
5: Not in this one. But she's <laughs> always in, in the one. shower. Like every
4: fucking movie she's in, <laughs> she, she's always in the shower. Well, uh,
5: she also one Silent in Silent Dead, T. Deadly Night as well uh not in this one not in Silent Night Deadly Night but she's naked in both but, <laughs> but got her, yeah. I think
1: she got her boobs out in Silent Night Deadly Night didn't she, did. she? when, she, got, when she, she gets impaled on the um antlers, on the deer antlers. Oh, we,
5: we right. actually recreated that scene in Deadly Xmas. we had Linnea for uh for like one day and we had uh we had Darren Miller from CKY impale her uh, dress as a killer Santa impale her on like this tiny little thing of deer antlers that we were able to get our hands on
4: she's a little bit of a thing it's your size your shoe size is four and a half she's tiny
5: tiny yeah uh i've met her a couple of times she's an absolute sweetheart and uh the first time i met her she actually introduced me to David Decoto, uh, the director of uh, Puppet Master 3 and all this stuff. She's like, oh, you got to meet David. You're a filmmaker. You got to meet David. Unfortunately, I, I didn't last in Hollywood that long at that point uh, because that probably would have been uh, solid. I probably could have started writing for him or something. Who knows? But she's, she's an absolute sweetheart. Um, and actually, I'm now remembering the scene where Trash gets, um, gets kind of devoured by the, uh, by the zombies. Yeah. Um, a couple months ago at work, um i i work at a, I work in a, um in a restaurant that has a lot of tvs a lot of games on and one of the games ended and return to living dead came on and i remember turning to the other people and i was like you know what let's not change it let's see let's see how long it takes for managers to notice that return of the living dead is on and it was on with the captions and we basically just left it on and i remember when it got to that scene there was like this table of teenagers that was sitting watching one of the tvs And I heard one of the teenagers I was walking by go, no, no, no. Because remember, like, a minute ago, she was telling him that her uh, her nightmare is, like, about being, like, devoured by a bunch of old guys. I'm like, holy shit. It actually kept their attention, even without sound on. They were sitting there reading the captions. So this movie works on that level, too.
6: Yeah.
5: By the way, it's like she wanted that. (laughs) So you got what you wanted. And it was
6: like, oh. Yeah, she did. I finest, love that. Daughter. I love the kick ass scene though when she comes out of the fog and she's like, you know, now zombified and she like yeah. comes out. That scene was fantastic because it mesmerized the cop. Was it a cop, right? Yeah, the cop yeah. enough for her to attack him and then all of them come running and, and obliterate them. Basically. Uh, she
1: looks uh, like a living little dead badass woman with her boobs out, you know, I brought the town out. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> That'll happen.
3: You know, it's I have to
1: sit there and say, though, the, the group of people, the group of friends that are in the convertible that we, when we're introduced to them, what an oddest group of people to be hanging out with each other, isn't it?
6: I thought that too, because you have like kind of the nerdy guy, right? And then you have valley the girl. girl, the valley girl, right? And then, yeah, so it was, I agreed. I thought this is a very interesting uh, like mishmash. It's almost like the bre- breakfast club, right? You had the, you know.
1: And you even had the Tom Cruise look-alike wannabe.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of the same setup as Night of the Demons. Uh, Night of the Demons has like a similar, uh, similar group of kids, Um, like like the the same like kind of makeup of 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 the uh, the friend group.
3: But they get the backstory for that kind of, so it makes more sense.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you said before, you have to have that like kind of like motley crew of people because the zombies are a reflection of who you are. So you have to have people from all these different groups come together. So it, it makes perfect sense. Like in reality, you can't imagine these people hanging out, but for the purposes of this movie.
1: We need them. Well, I also think we find out that they're hanging out together because one of them has a car, isn't it? They're
5: using yeah. Yeah. Car, no gas it? money. I think, and they're
4: going cider. to pick up Tom
5: Matthews.
2: Yeah, my, my group of friends was kind of like that when I was in high school. We had like the, you know the weird preppy girl that was just strange, and so she liked us weird punks, and I don't know, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I thought it was interesting though, how in like the other one you're saying, like, you know, you have to see what you're going to do in a zombie apocalypse. Are you going to, you know, be there for yourself? And it struck me that in this one, the zombies had some awareness because they were saying that they ate brains because of the pain, but run. not one of them would be willing to sacrifice themselves or deal with pain to save other people. And I thought that was interesting yeah. that all of them gave in and were eating brains or would just do anything to. Further their own agenda, yeah.
4: right.
3: and they ran. This is the first zombie
4: movie where they're running. Yeah,
1: but it also says that they're eating brains to alleviate the pain that they were ever being dead. So right. like, so these yeah. zombies are walking through, and they're actually they're every single step and every single inch of their and every single minute of their life is just pain.
3: Right. I just thought that and- was interesting that that yeah. was, you know, obviously so overwhelming of a motive for, uh, that it got rid of any, I guess you would say, humanity in them.
1: Well, if you look at um patients, you know our patients that I deal with, um, who had suffered from rheumatological, they will do anything to be without the pain. And we're talking about you have to be very very careful when it comes to medications because they will OD or they will become addicted. And because you know, you know, well, I think I think that you know you see it in Requiem for a Dream*, don't you?
8: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yeah. even though um, Eileen um, Brennan's Eileen Bernstein's character is not a zombie. But she becomes a zombie due to her addiction to pain medication
6: because yeah, she's sure. in so much pain. That's
1: true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: Vampires and zombies are the common junkie themes. Near dark, when he when the the vampire is like withdrawing from blood, symptoms, and the cop sees him and he thinks he's a junkie and he's giving him shit. Oh
5: yeah. Classic. Yeah, even going back to the 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 Hammer film, the first Hammer film Dracula uh vampirism was treated as drug addiction and that too so yeah you're right that, that is yeah. common theme. I didn't even put that together yet and well
6: when you see the the two um when you see what was it frank and uh freddie turning you know they're it's like they're it's almost like the reversal of withdrawals right they're you know they're they're like sweating you know like dying kind of and then it's like the moment they, they, they give in it's like okay we're giving in i'm gonna eat you now you know <laughs> And the girl. Yeah. is so I funny mean, I,
4: about it, though? I just they, I love the, the girl. Comedy. She was
6: so sweet, but it's like, uh, are you really going to be in the room with that when this <laughs> this happens here, because you know what's going to happen. But it shows a love and devotion that you have, right, for someone to to be there for the person you love and come with me, right?
1: Another thing is, if you, if you look at that sequence as well, and you put it into a medical term, that basically what's happening to them is rigor mortis is setting in. And the thing is, there is a disease called scleroderma, or it's a connective tissue disease. And basically what happens is that um, we give them a thing called islipros, which they have to have twice a year, which is five-day treatment of this intravenous drug that they have to be on for 12 hours, twice a year for five days. And basically what happens is scleroderma, and this is actually a disease that you do get. It's very rare. But you're your muscles and everything turn to stone everything starts on your the skin in your face starts pulling back for your face i've heard of know, that. And, and and decaying and, and every time and so basically you can't move your muscles and eventually what happens is your limbs start self um, applicating because they go through a rigor mortis project, Ooh. and it's a very, very painful um, situation. So it's quite So when there's, so when they're actually sitting there now, the, the picture this, and that, normally scleroderma can take, you know, once you once you get a connect tissue, you only have about ten to twelve years left of your life. Now, picture having all that done with that happening within the next couple of hours, where everything's like sped up to that extend yeah. that's what i was kind of watching that's like i was laughing at it and i love the way of it but then when i got thinking about the medical side of it and exactly what's happening to them it's quite horrible actually
6: yeah when they're you know, moving they're both, him and is it, didn't they move him like like screaming right. he's like oh
5: mm. well if you've yeah. ever dealt with someone who was you know towards the end of their life um and somebody who's in chronic pain mm. you'll you'll start to see that change in personality because just being awake and alive is misery yeah
6: mm-hmm.
5: um so yeah it's exhausting, see,
6: too.
5: yeah so you can kind of see where where they're coming from especially uh once once you know like uh, like shanta and keith said where you know the you know they have to they have to eat the brain to to stave off the pain, So you totally get it um it's yeah it, it changes your personality entirely I thought it was interesting that
6: they opened the film up with uh, the colonel too where he's like such a douchebag to his wife. The poor wife who looks very yeah. you know, kind and like making him dinner. He's such a douchebag. He's drink like, and everything so else. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, it was interesting how they opened that and then they kind of end it. Book it they bookended it right with that scene. You're like oh I forgot about him. Oh shit. <laughs> like now I know why you're there. Yeah.
1: I thought it was quite interesting that basically I mean this is John Russo. It was, um, it was the roots of a novel that he wrote, which became Return of the Living Dead. Um, but I thought it was quite interesting. And of course, after the success, two really good friends, the Success. they have a successful movie and of course they part ways because they can no longer get together. So basically they both own the rights to this franchise. And I thought it was quite interesting what George Romero did with his side of the franchise. And then what you got with John Russo with his side of the franchise. And even though they're both they're like the same same coin but just two different two different sides which i thought was quite interesting that they just you know that they gave two very very unique um you know perspective is points, a, yeah. the same
5: yeah i think i, I thought that. Oh, go ahead keith sorry
1: no no i was just gonna say i thought that i think that's quite interesting when you look at that there's you know especially like when you take you know let's take return of the living dead against dawn of the dead sort of thing and it's basically they're both sequels to the same film basically living dead that they worked on together and it's quite an interesting way about how two people are working on the same movie and have one baby and how they spawn off and come out with their own different and how it spawns off from there it's quite an interesting take
5: i think the legal distinction is i think john russo owns the term living dead I think that was the legal distinction. Like anything with living dead would be Russo. And that's why Romero was just night of uh yeah, day of the dead, dawn of the dead, yeah. land of the dead, survival of the dead, diary like of the dead. Not the living dead. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Sorry. No, no, I was gonna say, and it just you could see when you're talking about the divergence. One is if they stopped the problem and were able to contain it, the other one is if they were not able to stop it. And it's it's interesting they took those approaches. Like one one took it as it got oh the, the genies out of the bottle again, right? And the other one is. Well, we really couldn't stop it from happening. It just spread and rolled across the, you know, the the country yeah. and the world, right?
1: Well, I think this one's done through chemical gases, and I think, and then I think with um, George Romero, it seems to be more of a natural thing. It's not, it's not from a man made. It seems to be something to do with nature or Mother Nature effect, really. Is what? Yeah. what, yeah, what it be seems to prelude to.
6: Well, I mean, if you're going from the first film, they don't really explain it. So it, it is interesting if they just kind of roll with that. Like, we don't know why. It could be an outer space thing. It could be a chemical thing. It could be nature, right? And this one is, like, they're able to contain it. And it's funny because it's it's like they were able to... Well, I mean, if you took out the first film, they were burning it. So that was, like, kind of does not fit that part of it. But they had to take the the walking dead and put them in a can- canister because they just couldn't kill it so like here let's yeah. put it in a canister and we'll just we'll deal with it later and that's how they dealt with it and then they divvied it out so it's like 10 go here and 10 go there like why you know but i thought that was interesting you know
1: i also thought it was quite interesting now that they basically um said that at the end of the movie basically they think okay you know We contain the situation, we're on there, and then all of a sudden you find out there's starting an uprising. And this is quite interesting when you look at nuclear testing, per se, whether you have nuclear testing in, you know, the the Southeast, um, Southeast Asia, or nuclear testing anyway, and how people think that this, or how the French were um, doing nuclear testing in the ocean, and how everyone thinks that this is going to be chained into this small area, not realizing that... Amplify. Well, basically, you know, the nature basically sucks up water basically sucks up moisture from where in the world and it flies across the world through the clouds that's and right. drops down situation and i always think it's it's quite interesting and you know we do see this on you know in regular news how man's ignorance basically thinks that they can contain something that's a natural disaster and basically a, yeah. don't worry we'll take care of it in this area but don't worry it won't go anywhere because we can contain this not realizing that wind water air basically will travel you know, yeah. sort of thing. So if they're, you know, basically, if you're, you know, nuclear testing in, you know, Southeast Asia, chances are that the fish supply and the water and the rain that's falling down you will have some nuclear waste in it, no matter where in the world you are. Yeah.
6: yeah.
1: Sort of thing. And I thought that, and I thought that, you know, considering this movie's 1985, it's quite interesting that they actually did raise that a little bit. They did give a nod to that, which I thought quite quite fits our nature versus man theme um, yeah. for our two for one situation. Yeah. But I also like the arrogance of the U.S. military as well, that we have in this as well. How we have people of power, have the ignorance of anything. And at the end of the day, the population is nothing but numbers. They don't, we don't matter. It was pretty easy. Like, let's not contain it. What we'll do (laughs) is drop a bomb on it and it'll go away.
3: totally unrealistic.
6: Yeah. And they lost it too. Like, (laughs) how do you lose, how do you lose canisters that are just in some storage place of like zombies that are, that could literally create a, a pandemic, you know? Uh, Why are they hanging to the on CDC,
4: to them?
6: Or not take it to the CDC, right?
1: You take it to a... Something. You know? No, the thing is, is though things, I mean, things get lost all the time, even today. I mean, the government, I mean, it's been proven no matter what government you're part of, or no matter country you're in, that government have a habit of waylaying information and waylaying dangerous stuff that no one seems to know what's gone with. They, they misplaced everything.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like the just, end of the end of uh of uh Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You know, they just put that thing in there, and
1: you know, you, you don't want to open that. Well, we we <laughs> just found out that Italy basically are having difficulty with the COVID vaccination because they were getting the um the Oxford one, and that no one knew where it was for the last eight months. Couldn't find out, it was in a warehouse in the middle of um Sardinia. They just found it. You know. Two million million, two million vaccinations—they're now gone off because they were in a heated warehouse that no one knew where they were for eight months. And this oh is the government.
5: Gosh. The you Italian know. government's incompetent? No.
1: Well, <laughs> I think I think every. I th- to be honest, I think every government most, is incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any government's free from that. Um, you know, you know. So I, you know, so having something like that happen probably it does make complete sense. Actually, I could see them. You know.
4: Oh God, they do it all the time. Probably.
1: Yeah, you know. chemical waste. Yeah. I mean, God forbid. I mean, look at what happened on the um, Marilyn Monroe, the Misfits movie. You know, the government sit there and basically radiated um, this area. Ten years later, said, no, it's safe. Sent the whole crew and everyone there to shoot the Misfits with Clark Gable and Marilyn Monroe, so on and so forth. And Agnes <laughs> And they all got cancer. They all died of cancer. Every single crew member, every single yeah. director, every single person that was there because oh it's fine don't worry about it they were it's, detonating it's, it's, out it's, in the
4: Mojave, yeah and a lot like yeah. john wayne and a lot of those people also died of cancer Yeah,
6: don't they worry about it lot, it's blown over you'll be fine
5: <laughs> if you have another arm going out of your body it's totally cool you'll be fine you're good it's like a lynching like the the origin of evil episode in the, the last season of twin peaks
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, New York State, for instance, um, there's the air brakes and where we're from called Watertown. And what happens is the air brakes have been leaking all their stuff into the Black Black River. River. Yeah, and what's come what's that what they're finding out now it's um starting to all come out that the area in jefferson county is one of the highest cancer ridden areas you wouldn't know America. it would
4: you oh my god
1: and the air brakes and the air brakes is run by the government it's not a private company it yeah. was a u.s government facility that were dumping all their chemical um, waste into the local river supply
4: yeah i'll give you for instance my mother had breast cancer my father had bladder cancer my uh, uh my brother had to have a kidney removed because of cancer i mean this just goes yeah. on and on and on so yeah. something is up with that shit
1: yeah and jefferson county has the the highest amount of um cancer victims in anywhere else in america yep. Yep. So that tells you, you know, the government. So I thought that with this film it was quite interesting that you do get this little bit of a nod that, you know, don't trust the government, the government's not, and I, I, I quite like that. I like that there is there is a social commentary that is being followed through in this movie, which I quite like, which is, you know, they do it subtly, but it's there. And I, that's what I quite like about Return of Living Dead, that you do get a lot of, the more you watch it, you pick up these little nuances, you know, you know, the same thing about the skeletons come from India. Why do the skeletons come from Why India? Why do
4: they have such great teeth in India? <clears throat>
1: the question because they opinion. don't because they don't you know i don't
4: you don't it, know <laughs> i'm gonna look it up why Anyways, you... i would
1: sit, i would sit there and say that probably because most of india are they you know they starve to death and they don't live past 20 most of them most of the population no. i mean let's be honest i mean and to be honest if they're selling their if they're selling their skeletons they're not going to be the rich society of india now are they No. <laughs> so, so they probably they, got they really good they because meat. they haven't lived past 20 that's why
5: Maybe it's because they don't Maybe. really eat beef that could be it. Yeah.
4: Matt, maybe
1: it's eat. beef that's rotting our teeth. They don't have sugar. They don't they don't have the luxury of buying Coca-Cola. Say soda. Soda. soda will do it too. No. I can't
6: but, drink I, that but it is one.
1: but it is quite an interesting thing that you consider that all the you know you know, and it is true that most of our skeletons come from third world countries. Well, how, how is that? How can these third world countries have more ample values? Of, and the thing is, the skeletons are perfect skeletons. They're not like
4: they are. Know,
1: they're, they not are. Mal, they're not the mal, malnutrition skeletons that you're getting. They're not, you know, people that are suffering from, you know, you know, rickets or anything. They're,
6: it could also <laughs> be that skeletons.
1: people. American OK, culture.
4: top, top teeth, top list for oral health. Italy, Germany, Spain and Sweden. <laughs> i don't know how italy gets away with it because when i was there i learned to chain smoke because that's all they do is smoke in italy Everybody
1: they, they have they they free... free no it's because those countries you just mentioned have free dental that's why yeah
6: that's
5: why yeah uh... that <laughs> um, makes a difference
4: i haven't smoked so. in three weeks hallelujah <laughs> a lot of people
5: hanging around in cafes drinking drinking cappuccinos at three no, in they the don't afternoon you know
4: they drink wine with breakfast that's I mean, they too. drink wine with everything. I just love Italy. The Italians are so fun. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Yo, wino.
4: <laughs> I couldn't do that in the morning like they did. And it's just like when you're getting ready to go take a tour or something or go see the Coliseum, it's blistering hot there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It is freaking hot in Italy. <laughs> just oh, it. what, what do you think doing, would have right? been
1: like if it was directed by Toby Hopper?
4: Yeah, he was supposed to. <laughs> Why did he pass on that?
1: Because he went and did Life Force instead.
4: Okay. Yes. Yeah. In I think it would have wa- been. I think he
1: wanted to be in England. He wanted to be. At I think Pinewood. it would have been
4: tweaked a little. I would think it would have been a different movie. It would have been a whole different movie. It definitely would have been a different movie. Yeah.
1: I quite like. I, I think I'd actually prefer to, I actually preferred. I'm thinking about it. I don't, I don't think Toby Hopper would probably have done it justice. Really, I think you Daniel Banyan. Well, Daniel Banyan. The thing is, if you look at what he's directed, like Dead or Buried and right. this film and some of the other stuff that he has directed, he has a very very unique way of storytelling. That basically it has kind of a kind of a documentary feel that he brings with his work. I mean, Dead and Buried does have a like a really weird kind of
5: documentary feel about it this movie has a, that same kind of feel to it, and some of his but, other films did, as well. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of has that documentary vibe to it. Too. It does, it yeah. does. Yeah,
8: so,
1: yeah. but and, if you, but you actually, look at the other stuff he did, like Poltergeist, um, Invaders from Mars, Life Force, Um Eating Alive, you kind, of, you kind of went away from that kind of situation, yeah. I suppose. And
5: then for a second, I was going to say, it wouldn't have the sense of humor, but then when you look at Texas Chainsaw <sighs> 2, which came out the next year, or a year or two later, that has, that, that has a sense of humor that I think is on I par with this too. I think so that's it's... also
6: generationally things have started to evolve because you went from having like horror to then comedy horror. Like there was a time where even drama had to have comedy, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, to tell the story, everything had to be infused with comedy. And so you-, you
2: There are a parts of Texas Chainsaw, the original that are pretty funny. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. look what your brother did to the door. Yeah. I say that all the time, you know. I mean,
6: I was also laughing at Sally because, though, I mean, she's fighting for her life to throw herself out of a window not yet, not once, but twice. Oh, I, I, see, was like, yeah, twice I was the laughing same movie. my ass off. Yeah. I was like, this Reba, poor <laughs> in the rebar girl is just out.
1: Like, <laughs> I told you my brother made the best head cheese.
6: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, interesting enough, Donald Banion did write the script, but he based the, he based the diseases of the people dying from a disease that he has called Crohn's disease, which would also lead to mm-hmm. him writing the mm-hmm. alien bursting out of the stomach situation. That's as well.
6: true. Oh, well,
1: based on his Crohn's disease, which is quite interesting. Wow,
4: is that what he died of?
1: Yeah, he died of Crohn's disease. In huh. two thousand nine. Yeah,
4: I heard it's quite horrible. I know. That has it,
1: yeah, it. it is basically basically how to eat your sins removed and everything like that. So oh, my gosh, goes. Yikes! Mm.
4: On that cheerful
5: note, <laughs> That's <laughs> That's <your full laughs> note. it's Happy interesting because a lot of the
6: zombie stuff goes for the intestines. A lot of the original zombies was always like the midsection, and then eventually like the head and the brain and all that. Right,
4: thing. but they did switch up to this one was the brains, which was really funny because everybody says you know brains, I, hate brains. Well, I mean you yeah, I never brains that brains i know and then you, but they were in t- they were actually intelligent zombies because you know they're saying send more paramedics you know they knew that yeah. they knew enough to that that they could get more people
2: so. yeah. sorry There's another urge to the punk rock saying uh the butthole surfers used images from that movie in their um i don't know if you guys are familiar with the buttholes but they have yeah. big screens they would put behind them of of all kinds of shit, people getting sex changes, car accidents, fish swimming, but they'd always have a bunch of Return of the Living Dead zombies showing up on the screen. I
4: have to look them up. I haven't heard of them.
1: Oh, oh yeah, the, they're, they're wild. They're wild. Like the Grateful a, Dead of punk rock. I dogs. <laughs> like the Surfers. I used to watch. I used to watch them in college. I used to go see the- Why didn't I did hear about these guys? And
4: I was in college.
1: Where did you go to college?
4: Uh, I was in New Hampshire State. But...
1: That's why too conservative.
4: <laughs> yep, <sure. laughs>
1: I was in the Bible of the Balko bells so well they were basically bringing everything through to us. So we got the cure and everything. It's kind of weird, like back when they were I, I like they were in the big or in the like. That.
4: Oh, they got a Facebook! Yay!
1: <laughs> Another thing that's quite interesting about Return of the Living Dead is one of the only first horror films ever were shown at the Academy Awards, which was shown during the ninety-first Academy Awards. Really? Because of. Because of James Karen's death, they were giving a memorial to him.
6: Oh. <laughs> like, we're just going to throw it in a memorial. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> so chose this, this instead of poltergeist?
5: Return-
6: <laughs> yeah, Return of the Living Dead.
4: And it's
1: also been, you know, um, hats have all gone off to Return of the Living Dead through The Simpsons and through yeah. South Park as well.
4: South Park, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and a lot also- of stuff.
1: And also, the British punk thrash quartet, Send More Paramedics, got their name from this movie. So. Oh my I god, know. that's, that's oh, terrible. Terrible. <laughs>
6: Send more paramedics.
1: So on that note, let's talk about our final impressions of these two films, starting with Vix, What's your final impression of these two films?
4: I love them both. But I have to say I like the second one better because of the comedy relief. Because no matter how many times I watch the second one, watching those two get sick after they open the barrels, you know, and the shit that ensues after that, it's I, it's just funny. I just, I, I laugh at it every time. And I, I the first one, you got it, everybody who likes horror it's just it's just one of those staples you have to watch it I I won't talk to you unless you have at least once (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's just it's just iconic and it's epic and it's really cool I've always wanted to go to that cemetery now that I know where it is let's go what
1: about yourself Jen? what are your final impressions of both films
6: I would say it would be a grave mistake not to see both of these films. Yeah. Um, um, the uh, Nine of the Living Dead. Like I said, I've seen it six, seven times. Every time I see it, I find something new. Um, yeah. It definitely has um, was a foundation for you know these types of films. And as Keith said, it, the, the divergence of the two separating created the different catalysts to other types of universes that where this would <laughs> exist and. The Return of Living Dead. I'm glad I resaw this again. It's been years since I've seen this film, and I love, I love that it does have a balance of humor and gore and, and horror. And I, I love that. I love that films, uh, keep you, like you know, sunk into the film, and you feel like you're along the journey with them in this. And um, definitely, like I said, recommend both of them.
1: And what about yourself, Matthew? Utterly iconic. They
2: changed the culture. They changed the, the world in a lot of ways, and uh, they definitely changed me and made me who I am. And uh, I, their influence is just utterly profound.
1: Great films. And Joe, um,
5: they they both are uh, like these are two movies like in the in the horror uh, community. It's rare that you find like like people that that are like almost unanimous on anything. And both of these movies are movies that everyone almost unanimously loves it's very rare to find somebody who doesn't love uh both of them and um it's it's strange because they both they they did both kind of kind of shift the genre in a different way um neither living dead is the first one to kind of shift it in this direction but when you hear people talk about zombies now they always talk about brains brains are gonna eat your brains and that was the uh return of the living dead is the origin of that so it's it's super cool uh, I love them both. Um, n- they they speak to me nostalgically. And in re-watching them both in the last couple of months, they, they still hold up. Uh, you know, years later, uh, 50 years oh, later yeah. for The Living Dead. Uh, almost 40 for Return.
1: <clears throat> what about yourself, Shanta?
3: I obviously love both of them. I love the chance to revisit Return of the, or, of the Living Dead, which has been a long time. But... Um, night of the living dead is always going to have that special place in my heart it gave birth to the zombie genre which is one of my favorite genres. i just love zombies
4: zombies. zombie everything
3: yes i will (laughs) just sit around my house dressed up like a zombie like (laughs) so it really like that one has that special place in my heart for sure
1: and myself, as far as um, Night of Living Dead, it's always going to be true to my heart because it's the start of something. And it's, I mean, it changed, changed zombies. It changed it changed horror films from the way that we know them. They became you know something. Uh, they became a brand new animal after Night of Living Dead. And I have to give my hats off to George Romero. And I have to and and of course, Return of the Living Dead basically is always going to you know my, my uni years fun getting drunk, getting stoned and watching watching this movie and repeat over and over and over again. But on top of that, they're two two great films that basically can stand the test of time and no matter what age you are, you'll still enjoy them, and, which is quite unique. And another thing is that you also got these two very, very unique films made by quite boring men, really. I mean, George is not the most um, alive person as far as when you see him in interviews and stuff like that. He's quite a mild-mannered man. Dan Bainan, I mean... You know, he was the he was basically almost reaching forty when he made this movie. And to think of the music soundtrack that he suggested to be put in this film—it was his suggestion to put these groups in this movie. And they're awesome;
4: they were awesome picks too. So
1: so, you know, so when you when you you when you look at some some two mild-mannered men who basically. You know, if you saw them at the street, look like they were accountants They come up with these two great movies and change the, the fabric of our society. And if you look at today, I mean, they gave birth to computer games, TV series, merchandising and music and so much more and it's because of, it's because of these two men, basically, who basically changed the way that we look at horror films today.
6: thank our special guests for joining us and we hope to have you back again soon real soon spring has sprung and with it the tulips dandelions and corpses as you break out the tools from the shed to trim the weeds and mow the lawn you might want to keep a shovel out in case something rises from the garden for better homes and ghouls tips head on over to our website at llpodcast.com to check out all of our social and podcast platforms listen to all of our past episodes Become a patron and sign up for our monthly newsletter to read our reviews of books to screen and everything in between. For our next episode, the team continues their supernatural soap reviews of the dark shadow series. As always, we'd like to thank you for downloading, liking, and sharing the literary license podcast until next time. Bye for now, folks.
4: Bye everybody.
2: Bye. 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 Thanks so much for having me.
6: Always. Lovecraft.